gamers, welcome to the new look Sonic the Comic the Podcast, your fortnightly online guide to the 1990s and the UK's official Sega comic, Sonic the Comic. As ever, we are your humans who think we're in charge. My name is Chris McFeely. And I'm Dave Bulmer, and we've got a third with us today. Introduce yourself. Oh, sorry, I was kind of uh, elsewhere because it, it felt like just listening to an episode. I was like, oh, I wonder what they're talking about today. Um, You're about to do some washing up or a walk or a drive or some hoovering or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> Whatever um, it is you do. I was just reaching for the on button for the old Henry Hoover. Yeah, sorry. I am Johnny Sims, horror writer, voice of the Magnus Archives and game designer with McGuffin Company. Hello. Hello. At about this time, when a new guest comes on, we ask them to tell us about their their STC experience. You used to read this, I take it. Oh, God, yeah. So it's a weird one. Like, we've actually come in pretty much exactly as my readership of the comic sort of starts to taper off. Ooh, right, yeah. Right. The new look, I'm looking at it and I'm like, mm. I'm starting to recognise this less and less. Because mm. there was, like, the first, like, 12 issues, my older brother was buying it. Uh, and we didn't have all of oh. them. There were like eight issues of the first 12 that I read obsessively as a kid. Mm-hmm. Then there was like the next sort of 30 issues bought religiously, kept up with it. And around this time, I can't remember exactly why, but it, I I started not keeping up with it. And I'd more and more be reading it around my mate's house after school. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd go, we'd play some Streets of Rage, some Golden Axe. I'd be reading it in the corner while uh, Nickelodeon was was on. It was it was a good time. Oh, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, should we not bother recording a podcast and just all go and do that? <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is the equivalent of that now today. It is. Yeah, it really it is. is for me. Or it has been through lockdown. We'll see when I can when I can do all of that stuff with my friends. We'll see how interested I am in recording podcasts. When you're podcasts. free to go outside, that's it. <laughs> Podcast over. Yes, well, Johnny is here with us today to talk about issue number 58, which Mm. is the first new look issue. We've had it teased now a couple of issues in the run-up, but it's a whole graphical overhaul. We got a new logo on the cover. Not just a new logo, a new sort of layout, corner box, everything. I'm a bit sad. I'm a bit sad about it. It's not so nostalgic anymore, you know? Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't think it looks good. (laughs) It's, they've discovered gradients, but they don't understand what they do yet. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh my god. You're not wrong, are you? I never looked at the logo that way before, but you're right. Gradients have been applied separately to each letter of the word Sonic. Coming from subtly different directions, but not drastically different directions, so it just <laughs> yep. looks like a mistake. <laughs> it's just a sort of grey metallic sheen, but yeah, nothing, yes. it's not It's not as if it's all one singular piece of metal across the word. Every no. letter has the light hitting it differently, and it's strange. But I mean, I, well, okay, I don't know what you like, but I was mm-hmm. excited for this when it happened back when I was young. I bet I was, and I just don't remember it. <laughs> I had this issue when I was away on holiday. Oh, oh well, I mean, so there that you go. changes we've, we've it, doesn't it? We've talked about you having your Power Rangers ad when you were That's away right. on holiday. Yes, I remember having this... Okay, you know what? No, I have to actually pause and be honest here. Oh. I genuinely can't remember if I had this issue <laughs> or the previous issue. Uh, okay, sure. Definitely, it was part of the mechanic story I had with me. There'll, there'll be no trial. So it was either that I was away and, oh, when I get back, oh, when I get back, oh, there's going to be the super new, super duper Mm. souped up issue. Or that was the issue I had with me. I wish I could remember which. This is cover dated August 18th, which means it was released on August 5th. And that in no way helps me figure out if I was away on holiday or not. (laughs) I think I probably missed this issue because a lot of the specific, because while I remember the stories 
the actual specific strips in this one, I don't remember particularly clearly. So I suspect I came back in in the next issue and was like, this looks a bit wrong. It's a subtle wrongness <laughs> to Sonic the comic, and I don't understand why, because I, I must have missed the one where they're like, it's a new look. Well, the problem with the new look, as far as I'm concerned, is that it's a bit sort of unstriking. It's not... They've just written Sonic on the page. Like, it's difficult to describe what it is, what the new look is, because it just looks as if they've put some fonts together and they've written Sonic the comic, win Mega Drive 32X and Chaotix pack. No, there's no ethos to it, is there? It's just, it's got a different logo now and and some different... I mean, no, but to be honest, Dave, you (laughs) yourself said not very long ago how rubbish the old logo was when you really looked at it. Yeah, I have holding my hands up to that. It's only nostalgia that makes me like it more, yeah. This is a better logo, gradients notwithstanding. Notwithstanding, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's much sharper. Yeah. The curves are curvier and the points are pointier. <laughs> and it's sort of, it's italicized, but backwards, so it's leaning backwards. It gives it this sense of speed. Mm, yes. That's how you show speed in font form. Oh, and you got some drop shadow on that triangle. Oh, yeah. A little bit. You know, it's popping out at you. Yeah. It's just that what we've left behind had developed an ethos. You had that bar along the top with pull-down menu-looking mm. stuff and things, and that's gone, and... Replaced with nothing, and the cover is um, a fairly generic picture of Sonic and Knuckles just looking at you. You know, right, that's the funny thing, right, because this cover, the big cover strap line just all across the top, so it'll peep out over the top of any comic that's stacked in front of it is, it's the new look! Mm. So, you know, it's an event that this is happening. So, yes, obviously the thing you want to put on the cover of something with an eye-grabbing line like that is just a big picture of Sonic and, yes, Knuckles, because that's where we are now. Knuckles is the new hotness. (laughs) So it remains mystifying to me that the contents of this issue are the second part of a Sonic story, the fifth part of a Kid Chameleon story, and the final parts of a Knuckles and Sparkster story. Mm. Why not wait till next issue, when at least three new stories will start, instead of bringing kids in with a new I agree with that, and it makes me feel weird that that's the one that we've invited a guest on to. (laughs) Very Uh, true. I'm I'm very happy with this issue. I have opinions on Kid Chameleon. Hooray! Good. Well, I look forward to hearing them, maybe, hopefully. But it is is this thing that it's not, like... it says it's a new look, but what it actually is is a new bunch of art assets. It's there's no, it's not like a new aesthetic. There's no, no like unified new appearance. It's just like here's the new logo, here's the new Mega Droid. We have changed everything. This is what we did now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fonts are consistent throughout, but we'll we'll talk about the inside. So what we've got, what we've got on the cover here is, apart from those pictures, is we can win Mega Drive 32X and Chaotix pack. There's a Sonic pinup and a free STC pad. And we talked about that briefly at the end of last episode. It was a notepad, a very oddly shaped notepad. It was kind of like circular, but at the bottom of the circle, then there was a rectangle stuck on it. And it had that, that vector image of the winking Sonic printed just too darkly on the background for it to be really useful as a notepad. What it was a bit like is it was a bit like this, mofos. Oh, yours is. St- I was gonna ask if you look at that. <laughs> Still sellotaped to the cover. I didn't know. I didn't know. I just found it when I went to get my issue out. Yeah, and as you can see from the actual real life version, 
It's darker even than we mm. imagined in our nightmares. Yeah, you couldn't write anything on that. You literally couldn't use this. It's just a, what it is is a free picture of Sonic that you get about <laughs> maybe somewhere between fifteen and twenty copies of. That's that's all it is. Are they posters or are they just like peel off sheets? Now that's a question, and I'm going to have to try and answer it in a way that doesn't, doesn't destroy disassemble the, the yeah. <laughs> Um It. They just seem to be sheets of paper on on a pad. They're stuck. The um, obviously the point of convergence is at the bottom, the, the flat bottom, edge. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, far as I can tell, doesn't seem to be that they are sticky. It's just no, a notepad, just, just the glue. The, yeah, the Sonic the Comic logo isn't even dimmed at mm. all. Well, not logo. They've just written Sonic the Comic at the bottom and the copyright information. Not even in the new logo, for goodness sakes. Not even, no. Not in the old logo either. No, no. But the winking Sonic, very slightly dimmed so that you can imagine yourself writing over it. But I couldn't. It's too, it's too dark. No way. No That's way. The There's sort no of notepad use for this. That's just functionally useless for a kid. Because when you were it's a kid nothing. and you had a notepad, what you did was you drew in it. Yes. Mm. And you couldn't draw on that. That was for keeping by Ooh. the phone and taking notes with. Yeah, and you couldn't do that because it's got a big picture of Sonic on it. There's a t- basically there's a sliver of white between Sonic and the logo. That's where you can write on, and that's that. It's not even big enough for a note. A shopping list if you wanted a single banana. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if you had the, the pad in your box of Sonic yeah. stuff. I didn't expect it to still be stuck to the cover, but obviously you looked <laughs> upon it immediately, and so it would be useless for yes. any purpose young Dave would want a notepad I, for. Absolutely. What I would want a notepad... If I had a Sonic notepad, you bet your bottom dollar. Get it out of your bottom and put it down on the table right now, because I would have drawn a Sonic comic in hmm. a Sonic pad, for sure. But no, you can't do that with this. The most I would want would be a little, you know, a little Martin Adams style yep. flip in the corner. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the disappointment in the pad. I, m- I remember making a bold effort to try and make some kind of note on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, j- I, can, I don't remember what I wrote. I, but I remember making pad. the effort because it was like, it's good Sonic must use. <laughs> what, internally, which of the Martin Adams one is that? Oh, that was in the fourth dimension. I need to get my hands on a copy of Sonic in Castle Robotnik, because I recently realised that may be the first horror genre thing I ever properly engaged with. Oh, wow. Now that's important, isn't like, it? Like, I remember yes. being... Especially because, like, from what I remember, there are a bunch of proper horror movie references in there. Like, they make Porker Lewis Hellraiser. They do Pinhead <laughs> with Porker okay. Lewis. And, like, Johnny Lightfoot has, like, a chainsaw and a hockey mask. I think. This is distant memories. On our Patreon, we, mm. like, we don't read them out. It's not like you go on our yeah, Patreon yeah. and you get an audiobook, but we read it and talk about it. And we haven't got to that one yet. I kind of want to find you a copy so that you can <laughs> read it, find out what films I need to watch to get all the references. Because I haven't. there's a load of horror stuff I've not watched that I need to. That might be the excuse I need to actually uh, get a copy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all different! It's all, look at it, it's uh, all di- right now. Ah, uh, Megadroid. What have they done to my boy? That's my son! Uh, I like it. I came to this issue expecting to be all like, oh, look at this gross new update of Matt. No, I like it. You, I think it looks uh, really cool and snazzy. You have man. been whining about the updated Megadroid practically since we started this show. I know. And now you love him. 
I thought I thought I didn't like it, and I kind of do. Why do I? Let me figure it out. Okay, so what the difference is is that before he was basically his his face was a Mega Drive controller and also a Mega Drive, and was, then the yeah, rest his of his face it, was like the circle. Yeah, that, that little dome, that little bump on the top of a Mega Drive. Yeah, and then a joypad layered over that as like shades or eyes. He was That's angular. Right. He was chunky. He was grumpy. This is my boy. Yes. He, that, now you've got a good point there. This Mega Drive. He's grinning. He's got shades on. He's waving to you. My boy. Other than that, his body was just a big chunk of yellow. Right. It was mm. just yellow blocks. This one, we only see him from the waist up, but he's a lot more designed. He's got like. So basically, his body is now fashioned after a Mega Drive and a controller. Yes, it's got the bump and the cartridge slot and the power buttons at the bottom. Yeah, uh, but also a D-pad and three buttons. But yes. then he's got these kind of shoulder bits that make it look like a T-shirt, which you know we thought of. Uh, they're normal now. I remember thinking of them as cool back then. T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was just what cool dudes wore T-shirts. But then he's got these spindly arms with like ball joints and oh and yeah, hands. the little Jetsons robot arms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are nice. I like those. And he's got a now. He's still got the round head with the shades on but now they're blue and a bit shinier and they have a kind of Geordie LaForge visor sort of look mm. to them that I don't remember them having before and then he's got a little smile that I find unsatisfying because it's just obviously drawn with a vector program in 1995 but I don't know I think he looks kind of cool I kind of quite like maybe it's, it just reminds me of those days I think for me a lot of it is that like the old Mega Droid didn't look generic it looked a bit baffling in like okay mm. what well, that's a weird design but in a way that felt very like characterful this you could take this mega droid out and slap him on basically anything in the late 90s and mm. it would yeah. look appropriate yeah when you said grumpy like the yes the old version of mega droid had that particular personality this mega droid could be bugs bunny or sonic or anyone couldn't he well i don't think his personality actually changes he didn't you couldn't get a read off his personality based on the drawing he just had that flat slot mouth or at least here he's now i mean i i won't i won't lie even though, like, this new Megadroid design will be around longer yeah. than the original, but mm. when I close my eyes and imagine Megadroid, yeah. it is the original that I see. Yeah. Perhaps if we'd had a Nigel Kitchen comic about this version. He does get a, a comic at one point. Oh. He gets a little strip oh. at some point. I don't believe Kitchen draws it, but he does okay. get a little strip at one point. He doesn't have legs. He's got a little hover platform. Oh, fair enough. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. I remember that much, so... <laughs> so the whole layout of the control zone is different now. It used to yeah. be two columns, and then a third column on the right was the charts. Yeah. But now it's two boxes stacked on top of one another. It just looks like the rest of the page has writing on it. And then the third the column over on the right is the charts. The charts still here, by the way. Not to jump over the control zone and everything, but yeah, the charts are still here. N not... Changed Unchanged. Mega Drive, Mega CD, Master System, and Game Gear really thought that uh, this would bring some big change, but yeah. Mega Drive not even amended to Mega Drive 32X, yeah. which you'd think it would be. Keep an eye on that. So it's just less interesting to me. I find it... I, I like the idea of regimenting things off and having boxes that, like... I don't know, I guess that makes it look like an, uh, an operating system. Here's the box with this, and here's the window with that in it. But here it's just a... It's a magazine page, isn't it? But if you want to talk about technology and operating systems oh, and science and computers mm, in the yes, 90s... please. <laughs> well, first of all, Megadroid, welcome to the New Look STC and a New Look Me. That's right, chums and chum asses. After two long years, the humans who think they're in charge decided I need a major upgrade. I made a Megadroid V2.0 on the outside, but it's still the same old me on the inside. Any uh, 
Yes, we didn't mention, of course, this issue is yes. now 5p dearer, and he thanks everyone for shelling out the money. 120 now yes. we're up to. Mm. 5p, spelt P-E-E. P-E-E! Yeah, 5p. It's, that's how <laughs> he spelled felt, it here. I found, I'll be honest, a little bit disconcerting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you'd stop reading at this time. You'd forgotten that you actually had to send samples in as part of the... <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise they wouldn't give you the comic. You had to send 5p in. Plus the price of the comic. But, I mean, that's that's the new Mega Droid for you, isn't it? Yeah. That's what he runs on. Yeah. But he rattles through the features of the issue and tells us that we've got um, transfers coming up next issue. Oh. Free transfers. So we'll need transfers. to try and track down a little picture. Because uh, I very much doubt those are going to be still connected I, to your I copy very of next much issue, <laughs> Yeah. And three brand new stories, including the first ever team-up of Knuckles and Tails. Oh, answer this one for me, Dave. Sorry, I couldn't remember it. I've only that? just remembered now. Get your orders for STC in now. The comic that's so hot, it's cool. So hot, they're cool. What the? What was so they hot, were it's cool? Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Was it? Oh, yeah. Man. Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. Da, 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 da. So hot, they're cool. And it would shoot up out of, the, out of the toaster. I knew you'd remember. I knew you'd remember. <laughs> <laughs> get up, get up. To Kellogg's Pop-Tarts Put them in the toaster They pop-pop-tarts your breakfast Kellogg's Pop-Tarts Oh, great flavors and they're waiting for you Kellogg's Pop-Tarts So hot, they're cool And then the bottom feature is STC Gets Wired the internet has finally arrived. This is amazing. This is this is the <laughs> best thing I've ever read. Introducing a great new way of keeping in touch with your favorite comic, STC Speed Track. Now your messages can be sent to us faster than Sonic himself. Oh, this next sentence, the well, joy. Here oh, here we go. Here we go. All you need is access to a computer, a modem, and an email service. Maybe you know a friendly adult, <laughs> even your parents, with these. Maybe your school has access to something like the internet. Something what like a the great internet. class project. <laughs> Back in the days, whenever, but that's so. I mean, to be honest, to be honest, Red, the very idea that they are now accepting letters by email in yeah. 1995. Is oh, yeah. bizarre. No, that me. is ahead of the curve. And we're about to find out exactly how they're able to do that. Yes. We're about to mm-hmm. find out. Whatever. Type this email address into your software and the email address Here to write is. to Sonic the Comic is <laughs> stc at richb.demon.co.uk. It's, just, it's Richard, it's just Richard Burton's, Burton's email address. Email account. <laughs> it's just his home address. I feel honoured to be guesting at this, (laughs) the dawning of this new epoch for Sonic the Comic. That's exactly where we are, because Sonic, like, when the internet happened to Sonic, ooh, baby, that's, things changed then. Mm, They didn't (laughs) know. It's never recovered. STC at richb.demon.co.uk had no idea what was coming. (laughs) No stamp and no slogging down to the PO. The best messages will appear in speed lines. And we regret that STC speed track cannot be used to answer technical inquiries for help with games, though you can send your questions to the Q-Zone. Yes! STC speed track is not associated with Sega. Yeah, you're not allowed to ask help with games unless you ask for help with games. Yeah, that that is a little weird, right? (laughs) It's like they might be expecting a message back or something. Yeah. No, if you weren't there, listeners... 
and you you only know about at gmail.com. That is a home email address. That is a family email address. That's just his email address. Demon was just one of the service providers, and that was the email address he was provided. I love the... Maybe your school has access to something like the like. internet. Because this is at a time when the internet and the concept of email were not the same thing. Mm. These were two completely different, like, services. I don't think... I don't know if I even knew what the internet was in 1995. I don't even know if I knew what email was when I would have read this for the first time. remember, and I think it might have been, like, around 1995 or 1996, the first time I saw an email address. It was on Live and Kicking, and they were baffled by what it was. They were like, <laughs> we've got... An email address. So here it is. You can email in. And I was like, what, what, what is this? These are these are simply words. I don't understand. So STC really was ahead of it, weren't they? Yeah. I guess maybe they felt like they needed to be because they are the notionally the computer comic. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. And then, but also there was this feeling back then of just like we didn't have the, the ideas of privacy that we have now, and so. Richard Burton having this email account at home, he would have been like, oh, I'm printing this in my comic. I'm going to get everyone to write, send me things to this, to my new toy. Well, well, well it is stc at richb.demon.co.uk, so it is a separate Oh box. yeah, anything that was sent to stc at, that would go into a special inbox that he'd set up. But... I think the way it worked was he has now given away his personal email address as well because if you just wrote anything at richb.demon.co.uk that would get to him. That would go to his general inbox. Oh, right. Okay. I don't remember how... I wasn't around back then. This this is still a good three to four years before I was emailing anybody. I love the brackets what a great class project because two things there's the me now that's like (laughs) yeah what a great class project Mm. uh, or the internet and the part of me that's like actually no at the time emailing my favorite comic in the world would have been a great class project yes yeah as i said the charts are here and there are a few tell me this and tell me no more how is Wonder Boy in Monster World 3, the Master System port of the Mega Drive Wonder Boy game, new at number 3 when it was released like two or three years before this comic came out? Was it really? Yes. Oh, then I don't know. I mean, maybe it's new in the top 10, but I thought that meant re, but it maybe it just means it's maybe they only... You know, well, here's the thing, and I don't know this, but... Did Gallup only compile the top ten? Um, because if they only compiled the top ten, then if, say, for instance, that that game has just been recently re-released in a discounted form, then this would be a new entry. Right, as far as they're the concerned, yeah. it's not existed yes. before. I, I'm willing to take it as that. Yeah, it's just unusual. Also, Powermonger in at number one on Mega CD. Oh, yeah, the, the Mega CD games, like, I read through the Mega Drive. I mean, I had a Mega Drive, so, like, I... I that was my them. next question. Mm. Yeah, like, of these, I only had the Mega Drive. Uh, a mate had a Game Gear that I was never allowed to play on, but I could watch him play. No, I, I had a Mega Drive, so I'm looking through these, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I, I recognise all these names. And then Mega CD, and I'm like, I, I have no idea what any... Like, I've re- I know Earthworm Jim, yeah, and... Yeah. I am familiar with the concept of Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> though I do not know Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. Dave, I'm surprised you don't know Powermonger. It's one of those civilization-building games like Populous. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. But I'm the, looking... the only reason I assume that you would have known 
is because it was... Omnibia! Ah, well, I just googled it and it's by Bullfrog, who I was just saying, one of the most exciting developers on the Amiga. I don't recognise it. I'd have loved it. I might try and play it. I can't be doing with that point and click stuff, to be honest. But the thing, again, the thing that puzzles me is, as far as I could see, like on Sega Retro and stuff, they said it came out in, in the UK in 94, but here it is uh-huh. being labelled as new number one, so I don't know anymore. I'm beginning to suspect these charts are meaningless. <laughs> The Rampage of Mechanic, Part 2, written by Lou Stringer, art by Nigel Kitching, colours by John M. Burns, and letters by Ellie DeVille. Amy and Johnny revive the fallen Shortfuse, who then rescues Sonic from Mechanic's grasp. Sonic quickly cooks up a plan. Shortfuse focuses his fire on a small portion of Mechanic's leg, weakening it just enough for the Hedgehog Hero to crack the Badnik's armour. Sonic then climbs inside Mechanic and uses super speed vibrations to shake him apart from within. I I just, I love it. I just love it. Honestly, I just love it. <laughs> I love it for all the reasons that I loved it last issue. As a kid, then as now, God, I love how Kitching draws these characters. Mm-hmm. Just going to bounce through it here, but like that little panel on page four where Sonic snaps his fingers when he has the idea. Oh yeah. Look at him. Look at his little face! <laughs> or then the panel on page six where Mechanic starts to fall apart and Amy does a wild take. Look uh, at her little face! <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's a I, very I good one. I hadn't properly clocked her face. Yeah, no, me neither for some reason. I was too busy looking at the Mechanic drawings, which I think are great. I think mm. something about, especially the the opening panel, something about, and I, I, I still haven't fully grasped what this is or how to replicate it or how to describe it, but... The shapes that Nigel can make things make. The silhouettes he can create. Something about what he does with Mechanic here. It's just a basic robot dinosaur dragon looking guy. Yeah. But he's so good at angles. Yeah, like, there you go. Just, That's just the, the angles yeah. of this Robo Godzilla thing. That's exactly it. He's good at angles. Yeah. The, his straight lines are so straight, but his curves are so curvy. <laughs> Have you been reading his dating profile? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's not much to say about the story because it's it's just a pretty straightforward... Again, th- this is a kind of like a two-parter that maybe doesn't feel like it needed two parts, but by having two parts, there's just a certain amount of room it has to breathe. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the span of time since the end of last issue when Mechanic blasted Short Fuse out of the air with Fire Breath and grabbed Sonic in his little hand, in the length of time it takes him to raise Sonic up to his mouth and get ready to eat him, Amy and Johnny find Short Fuse, Short Fuse comes <laughs> around, Short Fuse takes to the air again and frees Sonic, you know? So as, as far as cliffhanger resolutions go, it's not the most dramatic. But what I love <laughs> is that throughout this, Sonic's just saying Sonic lines. You yeah, know, he's Mechanic's just there, got him Sonic in the hand, he's coming up towards them, why don't you pick on someone your own size? Amy and Johnny scuttling around, looking for Short Fuse. It's a pretty firm handshake you got there! And then Short Fuse comes by, and he comes closer to the mouth, and he's like, wasn't planning on staying for lunch! Hope I give you indigestion! And it feels like, for all the world, like it's just filler dialogue to give Sonic something to say. And then Short Fuse comes in, zaps him out of the hand, and Sonic goes, just in time, I was running out of cool one-liners. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes! He's yes, just been sat yes, there doing yes. one-liners to distract this giant robot. It's absolutely 
just like a superhero team up story mm-hmm. you find it in every but it's just so well done like it's it's just really effectively done oh here's the giant monster like even the thing of like oh you get inside and you take it down from the inside mm. like yep that's how you resolve the giant robot with the almost impenetrable armor the old uh, turtles versus krang trick <laughs> absolutely like it beat for beat it's classic you know? I must say, I wasn't fully sure what... There's, I, I seem to be being shown two different ways that he defeated this thing. This is true, right? Yeah, like, once he gets in there, he's pulling wires out mm. and stuff and says, typical shoddy job on the inside. But then when Mechanic falls apart... Yeah, it's that he's done sonic things. He's shaken it apart with sonic speed. So I, in that first brilliantly drawn picture of all the wires and cables, I thought it was that, oh yeah, Sonic's just pulling his plugs out, so he's going to power down. But no, also, or instead of, or after, he was sonic vibrating it to bits. I, I'm, I'm not sure why we needed both, but ah, whatever. Ah, whatever. The, yeah, I mean, it is a whatever, but basically, I think it just makes for a, a better panel on yeah. this. Like, I, I love the layout yeah. of this page. We get these three tall panels across the top, and the second panel is Mechanic starting to shake, and the third panel is Mechanic crumbling to bits. So you need these tall panels to show the giant robot's whole body. And then what it allows the first panel to be is to really show the cavernous interior of this. Sonic just consolidated down here in the bottom half of the panel, and the whole vast interior of Mechanic stretching away into the distance above mm. him and he just pulls on some wires so whatever it's more interesting looking than having him just rev in place or whatever yeah that'll be the answer i mean i think yeah like it is just like the the, the image of sonic like pulling these wires and and getting in there is a very striking one the image of the robot shaking itself to pieces is a very striking one and uh nigel kitching has, has correctly assessed that it doesn't have to be either or he can yeah. just have both yeah it's just mucking about inside it and wrecking it so why not and the yeah, it didn't even occur to me until you said it, Chris. But yeah, having those three tall panels to show the the height of it, and then having the last one be yeah, but down on the ground in ultra widescreen as the the I, I really like that panel where Nigel's drawn the bits of it slamming into the ground. They look so heavy. They look like you really have to dodge between them. You don't want one of them to land on you because it's going to drive a, a crater into the ground. Really, a really cool page. They are very heavy, but also one of the sound effects for it is tinkle. Yeah. <laughs> Tinkle crash thoom. That'll be stringer, but that's such you can almost hear that as yeah. the sort of Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> clink clunk clink. Yeah. The, the glass breaks in the background, you know, that sort of thing. You mentioned there, Johnny, about how it's such a a superhero team-up story, and we talked about that a little when we, when we talked about the first part of this strip, about how mm. Short Fuse has kind of been played as this superhero character off in his own strips, and Dave was a little worried about how he and Sonic would play together. Mm. And uh, then it sort of turned out that that's the point. It's a it's a superhero. It's a Marvel team up, but without the uh, without the obligatory bit of fighting beforehand before they join. I mean, forces. he's done that. He's done that plenty with Knuckles. You know, yeah, he did that with Knuckles and and Short Fuse and. Oh Knuckles yeah, no, he too. Did, we've, they've already had the the he fights Short Fuse because he thinks he's a bad Nick one, haven't they? But they get to properly have a bit of back and forth snark with each other, you know. So Sonic's doing his cool one liners, and then Short Fuse grabs him, flies him to safety as a jet of flame shoots past him and goes. Things are hotting up around here. Leave the jokes to the experts, okay? <laughs> or, uh, I, oh god, I mean, I love this bit at the very end where Sonic gets the gets up in the cool pose, leans on a bit of Mechanics rubble, hand in the air, feet crossed, you know, right off the cover of the of the first game, and he goes, "No matter how big the Badniks are, they always get bad vibes when I'm around." Wait. And then Short Fuse 
in the background, just standing there in a speech bubble, and it, the essence of comedy somehow in comic <laughs> form, the speech bubble is in lower case instead of all caps, like like the comic normally is. He goes, ahem. Yeah, okay, you help too. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why that's as funny as it is when it's in lowercase. I don't know. I can't explain it. <laughs> the bit on the last page that really makes me laugh is just that when Sonic's like, old egg breath must be harping mad by now, and we cut to uh, Robotnik literally hopping up and literally <laughs> hopping. hopping. Yes. And then followed with another great line as well. That hedgehog and that renegade badnik destroyed my mechanic. Do you know how much that giant robot cost, Grimer? Most of it came from the taxpayers, I believe, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Although I I hate Robotnik's nose on that last panel. It's so unpleasant. That is is a a little little penile, isn't it? I I wasn't even even thinking it like that. It just looks to me like he's got two horrible little bulbous bubos just on the top just well, like it's, it's because horrible. it's a normal robotic nose but it's so shiny that it, and it's so bulgy that it looks as if it do, it and and I and I there is no word other than engorged it, it, looks, <laughs> it looks as if there's more in it than is supposed to be in it so it's straining it's shiny you yep. know it's like let's be nice and say it's like a blown up balloon it has yes, that ro- robotic nose is engorged with rage <laughs> There's no other way to put it. <laughs> the nostrils just feel like they're sit. I mean, this is what it looks like, but for some reason, I sort of, honestly, I don't think I've ever really noticed it before now. Mm-hmm. Just how I mean, presumably those bulges are supposed to be the nostrils. Yeah, nostrils, yes. Because yeah. the nostrils have to sit above the mustache. Yes. Yeah. But However. the nose itself comes all the way. To- I-, I suppose maybe that's something STC never really communicated about the design or or changed about it. Is that I guess the intention of the like Milton Knight Adventures design yeah. was that it was a big honking sack bulb <laughs> that hung down off his face over his mustache. It never really feels like it looks like that in STC, does it? Yeah, I've never really, I never really noticed it before this panel, but then I saw it and I was like, oh, you'll never not notice it again. <laughs> it there's there, it looks like a dick and balls. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, yes, there's no yes, point. It does. There's, there's no point in dancing around it. It looks like a nose. Yes, that's not going to work, is it? <laughs> a nose and nose. <laughs> yeah, there. I feel like I stepped on your point there, but um. Oh, ow. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. That's what it looks like in that one, and sometimes it does, and, and you know, this is something that as STC readers, perhaps in the back of our minds we've always been dodging around, because I've certainly drawn this Robotnik and gone like, that looks a bit like a... No. <laughs> I can but... safely say, before now, my innocent and pure mind has never, it's never occurred to me, and now, unfortunately... This is like... the first time I'm, I'm seeing it in that exact context. I was looking at it, and I was like, hmm, I don't, like... The way those bulges are at the top, like those nostrils look look just awful. Mm, but now mm. I'm like, yep, yeah, no, that is that is the shape of it. What we can certainly judge from this is that because most of Robotnik has like skin coloured skin, but mm. his mm. Nose, nose and his bulging nostrils are a different pink colour, pinker colour, puce. And I think from this we can ascertain 
that that is not the only region on his body where the colour changes. No, Dave, no. <laughs> to, that, to that pink. No. <laughs> no. God, let's, let's find another way to end this. Robotnik gives us the best ending. Perhaps it's time I changed my tactics, Grimer. Took some strain off my shoulders. Perhaps it's time to begin work on... Project Brutus. Uh-huh. What is Project uh-huh. Brutus? Stay tuned, boomers. You'll find out soon. Ooh, I didn't remember that this teased that. No. I don't actually remember what Project Brutus is. I'm excited. Oh, you don't know what Project Brutus is? You don't know what Project I've, I've Brutus is? Oh, oh, baby, are you in for a treat? Yeah. Whereas before, we've seen Kitching's big stories have generally been reacting to the games. And while, while they have had an idea across them, you know, stop the launch of the Death Egg, whatever, with the introduction of the... Uh, Mecha Sonic the, the, in in the midst of the uh, the new Metallics in the midst of that story that was Kitching for really the first time like laying down the 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 kernel of a plot that he was planning to bring to fruition in the future and which will shape STC through to early next year and this is Stringer getting the time to do the same thing mm. in what is just a sort of a little fun fairly throwaway but brilliantly entertaining two-part story about Sonic and Short Fuse teaming up for the first time. At the end, we get the tag of his really big first multi-serial, multi-arc, far-reaching storyline as well. Like, the two writers have leveled up (laughs) together at the same time. Yeah. Ooh! Isn't it good, though? Yeah. Oh, Johnny, we're going to take you through the stuff you don't know. Yeah, I hope no, you I'm... hope you keep listening. Oh no, I, I I will. Like this is I'm now at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm really excited to find out where yeah. it's going. You can read along every two weeks. Like it's going to be the '90s again for you. I have been, to be honest. I've been reading along pretty much since the beginning, which is really good because like there were a whole bunch of really early stories where like. To me, the very first Golden Axe strip was just this weird, disjointed series mm. of, like, fantasy events. And then I read through it and I was like, oh, that's that's what happens, right? <laughs> Good, I'm glad you've been reading along because when you're coming in on an issue wherever you're on part two, part five, part six and part six, yeah. I'm glad you have some context for what's been going on around <laughs> Yeah, it. no, I, I, I read through the issues between... Oh, the good. latest released episode and here because I was like, well, otherwise I'm not going to know what's going on. Best get caught up. Oh, that's <laughs> a lot of homework. We do not expect that of our guests. It's not a lot of homework. It's three comics. <laughs> <laughs> Suppose it is. I can read three comics. When one finishes Sonic normally and turns the page, one expects to see the review zone. Not this issue. News zone. No, here we have. A news zone extra. Actually, it's really weird that they call it an extra because there is no news zone anywhere else in the issue. Yeah. It's just the fact that they've bumped it up is why they've called it an extra. Where they could have just put it in. Well, like, there's a pin up in the center pages. I guess that's why they didn't put the news zone there where yeah. it used to live. The dying days of the news zone. Th- this this could well be the last news zone. It could be. It's big news though, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. Well, yeah, it's big news that we unfortunately wound up preempting a few well, episodes ago. I'll, no, I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's because they should have done this ages ago. It's really weird that they've left it this long before they started talking about this. Well, it's actually not that weird. 
because this new zone is about the Saturn is here. The, the Saturn Sega is launched. Saturn. We've heard a few mentions of it in the comic before, but the Saturn is here. Now we talked about this in a little new zone of our own, for, pulled from the pages mm. of of uh, Meme Machine Sega mm-hmm. back in uh, in June, June, which was uh, soon after, uh, maybe a month after, wasn't it? The uh, the um, actual Launch. conference, the the big famous mm. press conference where they went up and announced, <laughs> it's in stores now, and they were like, what? And then Sony came up with their big news energy and went. 299. Mm-hmm. But the Saturn wasn't actually released in Europe until July. Aha! Uh-huh. So they wouldn't really have any reason to report on its existence right. in the comic for children before now. Scarcely a month after the thing was released, because it came out in, in uh, Europe on July 8th, and this issue is August 5th. So yeah. We've been inadvertently archist on this podcast. Yes, that's it. I'm glad you said it because I was gonna accuse you of it if you didn't that's fess right. up to it. Yeah, no, I've <laughs> I've I've done that thing. I've believed there was a video game crash and everything. <laughs> 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 I've let the Americans tell me when the news happened. Yeah, no, fair enough. But it was being reported in other UK Sega sure. stuff. So like, yeah. I, it comes as a surprise to me that there was a delay, although it's not much of a delay. It's about a month, and that no, sort it's not of long, makes yeah. sense. But yeah, no, uh, until now, not much meant. Not no mention, but not much mention. No, a few mentions snuck in here and there, but always as if we already knew what it was anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. It was a, a strange mix, wasn't it? Yeah, it? This, I mean, this issue does have, like, it's the new look. Like, SDC has an email address. The Saturn's here. Like, yeah. you know, the, the future is very much coming for Sonic the Comic right now. Yes, and we don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, never owned a Saturn, did you, Johnny? No, I wanted one. Ah, oh, I coveted mm-hmm. a Sega Saturn, but we ended up getting a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to be fair, when the PlayStation games I had to begin with were not great, it, they, they were very much like that early play, PS1 mm. shovelware stuff. Mm. But looking back now, I'm like... Oh yeah, it's good because I, I mean I got to play your uh, dodged a bullet there. Oh, I I mean I got your Final Fantasy seven and eight. I got your Resident Evil. Yeah, you know all all the good. Sh- the Saturn is finally here. Sega stunned the gaming world last month by launching the long-awaited 32-bit Super System in its official UK version. They managed to keep the launch a closely guarded secret until the last minute with most people expecting an autumn arrival. But from July the 8th, the Sega Saturn was available to buy across the counter for £399.99 of your pennies. Jesus Christ. See, they're making it sound as if it was out in the UK here. The official UK version, £399. Yeah, they are, from July 8th. Yeah, but we're past that, aren't we? Well, no, we are. We are a month past it, but it's like, they're not an up-to-the-minute comic. No. <laughs> like, we, our issue, talking about its announcement and release, yeah. is before July 8th. It's before it was released yes. in the UK. That's... I mean, obviously, that that is the famous story that they went up mm. and said two ninety nine to cut the legs out from under them. But yeah, when you look at me, three hundred ninety nine ninety nine. Back then, that they thought that uh, you, they could get away with that, when they've sort of only just about got away with managing to charge more than that in the last ten years. I know. Yeah, four hundred ninety ninety five pounds. <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> yes. I wonder what that is with inflation, three ninety nine and ninety ninety five dollars. I've just plugged it in. Do you want to hear how much the Sega Saturn would cost today? Inflation wise. Go yeah. on. Seven hundred and eighty eight <gasps> pounds. Get lost. And seventy nine pence. Almost eight hundred quid. Sheik. Jesus Christ. And it didn't even have Sonic on it. That no. 
And it did have the promise of Sonic on it. So it was like a lying £700 console. <laughs> so much worse. <laughs> this console costs £700 and only tells the truth. This one costs 399 and lies. In which room is the chalice? <laughs> Games are appearing slowly, it stresses here. The high-rep titles Virtua Fighter and Daytona USA are out now. So two games, two mm. games at launch yeah. we're talking about. Clockwork Knight, Panzer Dragoon, and Sega International Victory Goal will be along soon. I don't know how you'd be expected to afford any more than two. Well, I mean, I wonder what did a Saturn game cost? Oh, probably 500 quid. <laughs> this isn't even with all these cool looking peripherals yeah. I mean that's the thrust of the article after mm. that well no sorry I should say not the article but the images on the article because the picture and then the accompanying pictures they have here are all of the peripherals not even are many of the peripherals you could get for the mm. Saturn it's a stack of boxes yeah there are one two three four five six seven separate boxes of peripherals here there's the arcade racer, which is uh, like a driving wheel mm, yeah. control stick for driving games. There's the Virtua stick, which is an eight-button arcade-style joystick platform. Okay, hold on, wait there, wait there. What we're being shown here is a specific peripheral. You're supposed to pay. It doesn't say how much. I'm guessing. Quite yeah, they a don't bit. put the prices in. It'll be at least fifty quid per game released on the console so far. <laughs> you've got the driving one. You've and got the, the fighting, fighting one. one. And those are the two things currently available for a fighting game in an arcade style. Yeah, Virtua Fighter and Daytona... I assume Daytona USA is a driving game. It sounds yeah, like I one. Yeah, I presume so. It sounds yeah. like one, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, so that's one controller per game so far. Then there's also pictured a mouse, for whatever ungodly reason. Absolutely I mean, I mean, no maybe idea. Maybe if they released some point in clickers later. Um, there's a backup memory cartridge. I totally <laughs> forgot that was a thing the Saturn did, because yeah. I tend to forget the Saturn worked on CDs, not cartridges. Yeah. It goes in the slot in the back to... Um, Though I did read that apparently the Saturn had did have its own internal memory. Okay. Unlike unlike that upstart PlayStation, mm. which required you to buy a memory card from the outset <laughs> yeah. to save anything you were doing, the Saturn did have an, a small, a small internal hard drive. And then this backup memory nice. was a, a cartridge you could plug in to save your games on. There's a multi-tap, because... Yep. Uh, and then you could buy other joypads. And there's one more in there, and I think the long thin box in the center of the picture i think that's the uh cable that was available to plug two consoles together oh is that what it is because it just looks i think so it looks like the standard aerial connector for a mega drive from up here it might be i don't know for sure it's clearly a saturn box yeah so i think it i think it might be the branded cable they made so you could plug two saturns could together be, yeah. I, I, I think maybe the idea was then you could you could play on two televisions with that then oh, rather than possibly. having to deal with the split screen thing yeah i bet yeah. God, it's so... It, it's... I mean, this podcast is, by definition, a little window into the past. But look at that there. Look at the the pile of folly in that picture. <laughs> oh, but still, still looking at that picture, there's a part of my brain that's, like, salivating at it. That's yeah. like, oh, look at it. Yeah. Look at it. Look at that majestic pile of promise. Yeah. Of childhood wonder. I had that day. I had that day. I went into you know game or electronics boutique or whatever zone it was that the you know all those shops, whatever they had in Nottingham. I went into the one there, and they did have a mountain of Saturns, and it was, oh, I, I, I was very excited. But I didn't know what I was excited about. Just that this is the new Mega Drive. This is the new Sega console, mm. and ultimately I found no use for it. 
in the end. You had that brand loyalty-based excitement that you would later wisely grow out of. Well, this was when I grew out of it, I think. So, like, I, d- I didn't get a Saturn, and, like, this this was, like, the Saturn and the PlayStation, like, th- this was very much when my gaming started to, to go down, sort of, the more uh, Sony-Nintendo route, as with mm. a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I wound up with a PlayStation as well, yeah. yeah so... Did the Saturn never have a Sonic game? Yeah. Like, yeah. never? Yeah. Not any kind of spin-off or anything like that? Okay, no, so think... so the full answer is this. They were making one. The game it was supposed to have was Sonic Extreme, mm. which never happened, and there's a whole story, and you can go and listen to that on various videos and so on. What we got instead was when they realised they weren't going to have that ready and needed to do something, they quickly ported Sonic 3D from the Mega Drive ah. over to the Saturn. And they made a couple of changes to it. You know, it has a different soundtrack and it has slightly fancier visual effects, but I prefer the Mega Drive version. Oh, and a, and a, and a better special stage. Mega Drive special stage is rancid, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Easy, though, so there's always that. Oh, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. Site 3D, broadly speaking, was pretty easy. I really enjoyed it as a kid because I could... Did you? You could beat it. Yeah, I could beat it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did as well. But I think we're... There aren't many like us. I don't think many people enjoyed Sonic 3D. Well, no, it is one of those ones where I've gone back and replayed like your early Sonics and, and it's like, oh no, this is still this is still great. I've gone back and replayed Sonic yeah. 3D Flicky's Island mm-hmm. and mm, it's, not, it's not great. <laughs> I like it, but it, not on the level that I like a Sonic game, if you see what I mean. You know, mm. it's, it's... I don't know if I've played it since the days of old. Mm. Well, anyway, they, the bone that they did throw us on the Saturn was um, Sonic Jam, which yes. ostensibly was just Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Knuckles on a CD, right? And you play it on your Saturn. But what it also was, was that they were developing Sonic Adventure at that time, and they put what they had on the disc. And what they had was just a sort of test area, just a, like a... I think that's true. I think it's that it was the development of Sonic Adventure. They had just this little Green Hill Zone type place that you could run around in. And they turned it into a Mario 64 style gallery, you know, so mm. you go over there to get this. But while they were at it, while they... Because this is still the early-ish days of CD-ROM. So they were still thinking in that mindset of like, oh, we can put loads of stuff on a disc. So we've got these four old Mega Drive ROMs. They don't take up a tiny fraction of it. What else should we put on? And what they did was they basically just dumped art assets that they had and, like, clips and stuff. So this was how we, like, the early Sonic fandom basically came to see things like that test pilot animated thing where, like, Robotnik dresses up as Sonic and it all looks a bit Animaniacs-y and... And there's like classical oh. music playing in the background, and we all wonder if that's where they got Hall of the Mountain King as the Adventures of Sonic theme tune from, and things like this. There were things worth looking at in there animations, old Japanese adverts for the Sonic games. That might be where we saw the Claymation Sonic, I'm not sure. I think they put on there an old advert for Sonic CD where you saw the 3D Sonic and the 3D, I nearly said Metallics, Metal Sonic square off against each other a bit. It's okay to say Metallics, that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's. Absolutely fascinating. Then the next part of the news zone is the mega deals section, because they mentioned that's the other things here, that there are new deal packs available for the pre-existing yeah. consoles. The Mega Drive is now down to only $99.99. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. With a special cartridge containing six of Sega's classic games, Revenge of Shinobi, Golden Axe, Super Hang-On, Streets of Rage, Columns, and World Cup Italia 90. Don't those games already feel so retro? Oh, yes, Definitely. I think that might have been the cartridge that my mate had. 
I think that's why we played Streets of Rage and Golden Axe because those were the two good games on. Yeah. There. Well, Revenge of Shinobi was 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 all right, yeah. but it was one player. So this is an updated version of a pre-existing cartridge that I had, which just had Super Hang On columns oh, yes. and World Cup and Italia ninety on it. Yeah. But six games on one cart packed in with the Mega Drive for under a uh, uh, hundred pounds. Like, I mean, value wise, it's right. Yeah, but it's wild. Value, you couldn't beat that with a stick. When we started this podcast, we entered a. A, like 1993 headspace and so things like you know shinobi and golden axe that would have felt retro we we reconditioned ourselves that they stopped feeling so old but not to me now like this the saying these names out loud feels very granddad to me well i mean in the thing is though you gotta remember even back in 93 like shinobi was three games deep yeah. So now two years on from mm. that, yeah, these are these are the old. I mean, and, and also maybe it's conditioned by the fact that the strips are now over. Yeah, it's all over. Yeah. So therefore, they are of the past. Yeah. Speaking of things that are of the past, the Mega CD is now available in a new pack with Eternal Champions CD. Yeah. No price available as I'm going to press, but two things that are definitely of the past there. <laughs> And the 32X is available in a new pack with the with Chaotix. I, I guess that implies it was ever not available without Chaotix. Uh, and that's £150. Jesus. I know. But, but, but you don't have to spend £150 no. because down below there's a... Compo! Compo! Win a Sega Mega Drive 32X, or as pictured here, a Mega Drive 32, an early development model. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, Knuckles' own game, Chaotix. Longing for that much-needed power boost, but your piggy bank's strapped for cash? Want to know how to get your hands on a Sega Mega Drive 32X? Well, thanks to those generous humans at Sega, STC could be your very own fairy godmother, as we not only have one up for grabs, but we're also giving away a copy of the Knuckles Chaotix game. Please note Mega Drive console not included in prize because no. it's in the picture there. Yeah, console. No way you're console. console. <laughs> oh yeah, didn't notice that. <laughs> and all we've got to do is answer the following question. Q, what is the name of the Chaotix character shown below? And then there's a picture of Mighty. But there's a, a what looks like an early development picture of Mighty. It's very basic. Um, I think that's just the, uh, the stock art. Hmm. I think that that we would see that 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 looks like the same sort of stock art that that we would they would use for the characters when they would put them in posters. And yeah, and, and you can find it now by uh, by googling Mighty the Armadillo. Well, I wonder what they wanted. Did they want Mighty or did they want mm, Mighty the Armadillo? It's the one where he's got an incredibly long nose. I, that's yeah. something I forgot about Mighty's character design is that he's supposed to have a massive nose. Nose. But he's an armadillo. Their faces go out at the front. They do. That's true. Yes. <laughs> He really pulled your face there. I mean, this does make him look like a proper, like, mosquito, though. Yeah. Mm, yeah, like... it actually is a bit mosquito-y. Yeah, you expect him to to, <laughs> to bite Sai and send him into a coffin at the end of the Ovid credits. Tell you what, though, I actually couldn't have answered this question oh. as a child. I could not. I found the Chaotix ones a little bit interchangeable because uh. I didn't have the games. Yeah. And, you know, and I I just checked. His name isn't said in the actual strip this issue. Oh, I was oh, going to say, maybe you should flip that. on. And, yeah, yeah. no, I, I checked because often with these questions, because you're meant to be easily answering them, they'll, like, have the answer just elsewhere in the comic yeah. if you just flip Or in the body text of the, of the <laughs> contest sometimes. <laughs> but not this one, no. Yeah. no I would have mm. uh, failed. I mean, his name has been said plenty of times in previous yeah. issues, so if you were a regular reader of the comic, you could have found That's right, it, true I, fans I, I only. I didn't think to check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
I don't think I was a true fan of Chaotix no. at the time. <clears throat> well, we have talked in episodes that I suppose I can't remember if they've aired or not yet. I don't know. Well, we have talked before about how at times the Chaotix do feel a little interchangeable in STC. Mm. Never mighty for me. He was always clearly the big guy, the Ben Grimm, you know, the tough, the tough bloke of the team. I always got him confused with Espio. Just visually. Espio is purple. I, I, I know. <laughs> That's his personality. Espio <laughs> had the horn. I'm coming to believe Espio is the serious one. I yes. think that's his personality, but I'm not sure. Anyway, get those on the back of a sealed down empty envelope and post it off to the usual address. And the first correct entry pulled from the STC blow-up blow up paddling, paddling pool. pool. Get it on the spreadsheet. Refuso. Refuso. Yes, for even because even though the new zone has snuck in to take its normal place, there is a review zone in this issue. Now, there wasn't much to comment on in as regards the new appearance of the new no. zone, because it's still just black text on a white background with a new logo that's done in the same new angular font as used for the control zone and as is here now used for the review zone. But uh, the whole aesthetic of the review zone has changed. Mm-hmm. What are the dots? I don't know. Do you know if the... I, no, I'm, I don't I'm know. I'm looking that. at these dots and trying to figure out if they... Trying to translate them or something, yeah. yeah. Are they? Do they make shapes? Are they braille? What is it? They're definitely, definitely not, not braille. It's not braille. No. So what what we're referring to is that uh, it just says the word... So review zone, and review is very big and goes all the way across, and then zone is little. And in the background of the word review, both over the word and, you know, between in the spaces between it, there's just a sequence of dots that look so designed that you can't help but try and figure out if they say something or not. I'm going to guess, this is my guess, is that they're just pixels. They're just supposed to represent pixels, yeah. like what you find in games. I'll tell you what's interesting I've never noticed before, is that they're not even the same dot over and over again. Someone's drawn all of these, apparently by hand. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Mm. Which is... Must, must just be dotted on there in MS Paint. Oh yeah, it'll be, they'll have done it. It's not, uh, it doesn't look physical media in any way. So, if, I yeah. don't know what, I don't know what that is. It's interesting though, mm. cool design. But all the, um, all the ratings are the same. Yawnsville, Normalsville, yep. Fun City, Big Time City, and Mega City. But the, um, it's just that, yeah, the design of the, all the features are still the same as they ever were, but they've just, you know, nice new curved corner boxes as, and uh, the raves and graves now have a little... Little spike lad. Grumbly face and happy face next to them. Yeah. Is this really the first time we've seen the raves and graves spike balls? I guess I associate them with this. Oh, look at you now. Yeah, we must have a lot more review zone to come because these two little guys are like, Little STC guys in my head. So it's they're like little landmines, just balls with spikes coming out of them. And one's doing a thumbs up and is doing what we'll comparatively describe as a happy face, and the other one's doing a thumbs down, doing an angry face. But they are drawn by letting you know vector tools go wild. Like they've got the weirdest, twistiest mouths, and they have the aesthetic of that kind of like shooting in and out of the screen while stretching and burbling around that early CG <laughs> allowed for, like, you know, VHS catalogue logos and stuff. They've got shades of pirate STC to them. Mm. Nothing quite as manic no, as would be no, seen No, not now. quite. Well, I just see like, what you're going for there with just, that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, it's the odd shape of the mouths and it's the fact that their eyes have pupils that kind of follow the slant of the unusually shaped yeah, eyes. Yeah, it's the stretchedness of the eyes mm. and, like, the shape of the mouths. Yeah. Mm. Apart from that, it's just a thumbs-up, thumbs-down graphic. That's all. They don't, yeah. they don't... They're not characters. They're not Megadroids. No, sadly. Wouldn't that be... Wouldn't, mm. Oh, wouldn't that be great? You got a little Megadroid strip, right, where these were, like, 
like the little guys mugging off in the background. Yeah. <laughs> oh, or man, like the that? little angel devil on his shoulder. <laughs> oh, that'd be good too. Yeah. Um, oh, they've probably done that in STC online. And if not, Bagsy, copyright. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're here to give us the raves and graves on Street Racer for the Mega Drive. looked at this and I thought, ah, card game, yep, don't mm. recognise it. Then I realised I owned it and don't remember a single oh thing about god. it. Oh my god! Really? Had to look it up on YouTube, but I was like, yep, uh-huh, definitely owned this. Can't remember a single thing about it. Definitely owned I it. I can remember one single thing about this, and that it was a life-defining rage that I had when this game came out. I was furious about this game and i'll tell you why not because you played it and it made you angry i've never played not, it. not gamer rage i've never played it it's because it closed the door on hope chris this game okay okay so full disclosure now and then i'll reference the fact that i'm writing a thing about sonic and this is in it i once saw a thing on the tv and this was like the early days of cd rom this guy comes on tv and it might have been tomorrow's world could have been blue peter anything but it was like telling you about the infinite possibility and wonder of cd rom technology because up till now we've had cartridges we've had tapes we've had discs you can load up a game that's about a megabyte big or four megabytes big and there's only so much you can do with that now CD-ROMs are going to have... That's going to be the future of games. And they're like, I don't know, what, 700 megabytes or something? It's incredible what you can fit on one of these things. It's ridiculous. So imagine if games became unbound. If there was just... Imagine Monkey Island, but end-to-end it lasts a year. The size of games could be limitless and boundless. And there was this company that wanted to really test that and really, like explore and examine what could be done and bring out like the the mega game of cd-rom and to do this they were enlisting the help of the imaginative children of the world who were interested in gaming and were visionary enough to see the future of it so you were basically supposed to send in your ideas and you could send anything maps designs documents descriptions anything you think of there was no limit just imagination what would you what game would you make if you could make any game because there was no limit to how big they could be they only had a couple of rules number one it was to star this character called hodger now, I've since found out they should have said Nasruddin Hodger, but they didn't. And he is this old, uh, possibly real, possibly mythological Islamic figure who was like this old wise man, as far as I understand it. And he, you know, he would always be the one who came in, said the simple thing, but it was the funny thing and the wise thing, and it makes you go, ah, oh, yeah, nice, genius. That's the kind of guy Classic that I was. Yeah. So they were like, okay, he will be in a game where. Like, he's going around the world, improving the world, spreading his wisdom. It's a thoughtful sort of a game. And basically, the way they described it, I was imagining a point-and-click mm -hmm. game. I was imagining this unlimited Monkey Island. And so I was designing this, and I was coming up with ideas for it, and I never, I never sent them in. And anyway, I couldn't wait to find out what this ultimate game turned out to be. And it was a Mario Kart clone. That's this! Yep, that's this. Oh! Hodges, the first racer in this. I was furious. Oh, it's the oh. sa same drawing as what? he presented in that thing when he was on the telly saying, imagine the unlimited game. They had a big picture of 
the design for Hodger that they had. And he looked kind mm-hmm. of cartoony and, uh, and it appealed to me personally, so it must have been very cartoony. And, mm-hmm. and he's in this. If you ever look up Street Racer, the racer Hodger. Well, that's him there in the picture on the top right here. He's the one yep, there on he is. the rightmost on the list of players there. And now I see why he appealed to me. Oh, yes, he looks like a Smurf. He's a cross between Papa Smurf and the Sultan from Aladdin. So evidently <laughs> the designers of this game went, ah, oh, an Islamic character, the Sultan from Aladdin. There we go, we'll copy that. There, done. So, But also... It's on the Mega Drive. It's not even on a CD. Yeah, ah. It did get released on PlayStation. Yes. And that, that's because I had to check and make sure it wasn't maybe the PlayStation version I owned because mm. I can't remember owning it or where I got it from or how or why. Mm. But I definitely had it. Yeah. Yeah. It did get a CD release, but also it got a non CD release. Yes, it was just a disappointment all around. This was basically this was the moment when I found out what development is. Yeah. This is the moment when I found out you can show up with the idea for an amazing thing, and by the time it's finished, it's just, it's a car game. It's just a racing game. Dave, I've got to push back on this. You can play football with your cars. Worse again. Um, <laughs> that sounds quite interesting, because what's that game that's like from a few years ago that was like... Oh, Rocket League. Yeah, yeah. which is meant to be quite mm, good, yeah. and these guys seem to have preempted no, it's, it's, that. It's a laugh. Yeah. yeah. So, but exactly though, imagine being me and finding out that the Hodger game, the game I've dreamed of, the game of dreams, is both a car game and a football game. (laughs) And that the bit where it's a football game, that's the interesting bit. (laughs) Oh, Tiny Dave. Oh, my heart bleeds for Tiny Dave. (laughs) Oh, well. I mean, I... I don't remember anything about it, but I do seem to remember alternately enjoying it, enjoying the cartoonishness Mm. of it, brain-searing rage of being bad at it. Mm. (laughs) You know, proper gamer rage. I can't remember any specific instances, but there's a a primeval association somewhere in the back of my brain with this one. It does look good, though. Mm. We've talked on this show before about how Mario Kart on the SNES actually isn't all that great. Mm. Actually, actually. <laughs> but this this is good. Yeah. This this uses the full screen and everything. Look at those screenshots. Lovely, colourful yeah. screenshots. It looks good. Even, even the four-player split screen, which is done not with a, you know, four quarters of the screen, but with four mm. horizontal slices yeah bands yeah actually looks perfectly playable even even like that yeah it says here this is the first mega drive game to ever implement such a feature must have been the last mm, could have been yeah. i mean th- this review is by david gibbon of course so the word options does appear in the second sentence <laughs> it features plenty of them including three different games and a secret bonus game and the bonus game yes is where you can play uh football yeah i started reading this review and i was like never heard of it and then with each new thing he said, I was like, wait a minute. There are different types of playing surface, indoor, outdoor, and ice. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I can't. I truly can't believe that I must have owned this and I've so completely forgotten it. I'll say that the most David Gibbon sentence is coming up there, which is, you are ready to play once your driver has been selected. Mm. Sure enough, you are. <laughs> sure enough, Dave, sure enough. Folk doubted that a 3D racing game would be possible on a Mega Drive, but Vivid Images, the programmers, have proven everyone wrong. Funny definition of 3D. It doesn't seem any more 3D than loads of other things. Maybe he means a head-on thing with a real track that you go around, like a 3D space you exist within. Yeah, because if you're playing football, it's got to have that space aspect of Mm -hmm. it rather than just being like... 
a wide line. Uh, so I guess it was. I mean, honestly, to, even to look at it, yes, it looks a bit smoother than the sort of races that I'm thinking of. So it, yes, I am now convinced that what I'm looking at is at least a uh, whatever the Mega Drive equivalent of Mode Seven was tilted image of a track that you're driving around. Blast process. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> so okay, I, actually, yeah, I. It just doesn't look much more impressive. It's still got the thing where you know the background is just a single image that's just scrolling left and right to give the impression of a turning round world. But, eh, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm just conflating. I, I suppose I'm kind of conflating the Sonic um, CD bonus levels into what I think is yeah, available yeah. on the Mega Drive, which was not Mega Drive, really. But they are not, no. of course. Mm. Yeah, I guess it was impressive. He calls it a candidate for the best ever Mega Drive racing game, so... There you go, super fast, yeah. thrilling, and immensely fun, but it won't take long to complete all 24 tracks, he says. Can you uh, can you confirm that? <laughs> I cannot. I have this feeling it took me a little longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Unreality, Part 5, written by Michael Cook, art by Brian Williamson, colours by Steve White, and letters by Tom Frame. As Cyclone, Casey flies to Alcatraz prison where he discovers that Brad has been receiving instructions from the same mysterious voice that's been guiding him. Both boys are just pawns in the voices game. Cyclone saves the many kids held in the prison, guiding them to a telepad that takes them to safety, then sets off after Brad who's trying to escape by rowboat. Johnny, you said you had kid chameleon opinions and I want to hear them. Yep. So this is this is pretty good. Like reading through this now, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good story, lovely art. Like as a kid, I hated the Kid Chameleon strips. Oh, much more in line with Dave then. Because I had the game uh-huh. and I loved oh. the game. Oh, oh no, here we go. This is good. It wasn't even that I loved the game. Kid Chameleon was massively important in my family. Like, it was a game we all played. Like, this was back in the day when all of us, both my brothers and my both my parents, played video games. Key Chameleon, like, I've played it since, and, oh, it's not actually good. No, it's not. It's slow and clunky, and it doesn't, Huge doesn't work. Huge floaty jumps. But there was a lot to it, and there was this really interesting meta game. The teleport pads in the, the strip, they, they those are from the games. Because mm-hmm. there's your normal levels, and then there are these levels called Elsewhere. And you can use elsewhere, like, it's it's this weird map where, like, you can skip whole levels. And, like, there are large chunks of the game that if you go through the right teleports and do the right things, you can just jump them. But there are also levels where, like, if you do a particular shortcut, then you're going to have to go through Bloody Swamp. And Bloody mm-hmm. Swamp is dreadful because you're being chased the whole time by the, by big, a wall. Big, by the big wall. And only my brother David could do it. And, uh, like, my mum would have to be like, okay, we'll get David to do <laughs> Bloody Swamp. But you still, even then, you needed to be you needed to be piling up them continues right from mm. the start. And you'd learn where all the continues were. And so, like, it was this huge, like, it was a very important game just to me in terms of like the the mega drive and my feelings towards the mega drive and they got the colors of every single <laughs> character wrong cyclone you is mean purple made better <laughs> cyclone is purple that they made i think they made berserker green they when did. he's purple they they gave maniacs a red mask when he's like jason got a proper mask. jason Voorhees white mask it's all they all look like skycutter is red why is skycutter red it's it and as a kid i could not they all just looked so slightly off that it absolutely 
Oh, it, it angered me so <laughs> deeply. Not? So hang on. Was it you who told me about this back in the early days of STCTP? Because somebody did. Somebody properly told me about what the meta game of Kid Chameleon was and, and how it worked. Because and... there's also the thing that different levels had different masks. Mm-hmm. And mm. because the masks had so radically different powers, if you got a mask, like if you got the Cyclone mask from a specific elsewhere quite early in the game, and you could keep it, because you only had three hits before it went away, there were some later levels that if you still had the Cyclone Mask, you just, like, you just flew over yeah. the whole level. Yeah, it was a really interesting meta game to Kid Chameleon about what masks you wanted to get from which levels and how long you wanted to keep them. And yeah, I'm very on board with Cyclone being the one who turns up and sorts it out, because he was the best. Like You could just, you could just fly, fly yep, over that was the levels. Thing. I mean, we, we've, we've talked before about how some of the artistic choices this strip made seem to have been informed by the box art. Like uh, the colours yeah. of Iclops, for instance. Yeah, no, absolutely. But then other ones, yeah, like for instance, Cyclone in this story, as was introduced at the end of last chapter, wearing a yellow uh, bodysuit with, with like silvery blue boots and gloves and a big green cape and a long flowing head of, you know, half Thor, half Storm, essentially. Yeah, like they've very much taken the the idea, like, it's a very good adaptation in the, in the sense that, like, taken this very, this very video game ass video game and being like, <laughs> well, how do you make this an actual, like, good superhero story? Like this, this tiny sprite that can fly. Mm. What is he as an actual superhero? And it's like, yeah, he's like, he's he's your Thor, your Storm, the mighty master of the elements and lord of the storm. But he's not purple. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not purple, Chris. See, I that one I'd like to think that they changed because Red Stealth was already red and and he was yeah, red no, and red purple, st- wasn't uh, he? So maybe they just did it for color interest. In their defense, they did get Red Stealth right. Otherwise. <laughs> And Iron Knight, they did him pretty right too, didn't they? Yeah, no, Iron Knight was all right. Like, actually, that might be one of the things because, like, those were the like the first two that you saw, and so like I saw, and I was like, oh mm. yeah, no, they seem to be getting that. And then like gradually the designs shifted, and I was like, mm, don't like that. Iclops was the standout one in the first series. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the other ones in the yeah, aside from changing the color Hulk with a hat, making Berserker just that, that and and Iclops were really the two big changes. Which was funny. I think we pointed. I think we said it last episode, didn't we, Dave? Where those two were so such obvious and conscious mm. decisions to change those character designs to make them more like superheroes, very yeah, specific yeah. superheroes. Whereas with this one, they changed Juggernaut to look infinitely cooler. You can't be against the STC version argue. of Juggernaut. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I was uh, like, uh, I mean, obviously I was at the time, you know, child Johnny was, but adult Johnny was like, yeah, okay, that's, they've done Juggernaut right, actually. And Maniacs is, is a weird one because he's the one that they changed to look less like a pop culture yeah. reference. <laughs> it's, it is a weird one. And like, I wonder if it's just because like, as he appears in the game, just that, that is literally just Jason. Yeah. That's literally just Jason Voorhees. And like, I feel like putting it in a comic might have been a step too Possibly, close to... Yeah. Uh, I don't think we considered that, didn't we? Uh, Johnny, it was... I've searched now, i found, yeah, uh, it was you. <laughs> I've always remembered that in August of 2019, just after we started this, yeah, you you were like, oh, guys, I need to tell you about Kid Chameleon. And you completely... Oh, that rings a bell now that you, you say You completely that, yeah. changed my mind. Because I, I because what I'd said on the podcast was it just looks like a generic platform. And you were like, no, so... <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, but no. I won't try to convince anyone it was good. No, but it sounds like one of these ones where... It's legitimately interesting. Yeah, it sounds like one of these ones where if, for whatever reason, you put the hours into it, 
what you get out of it is much gr- greater than what someone who yeah. doesn't gets out of it. And that's that's what it was in my family. Yeah. Like, we all played just objectively too much Kid Chameleon. <laughs> like with <laughs> like with Knights fans, how they talk about like if you play that to a certain level, you are you start to breed background characters with one another and stuff, and you're like. Really? Because I just collected some balls and finished the game. Yeah. <laughs> but what of this Kid Chameleon specifically mm. then today, this this strip? It's good. It's, it's a bit dark. Thematically or artistically? <laughs> I mean, a bit like both. Well, well, the art is a bit sort of blobbier than usual, I think. There is something different about it. Something where, actually, perhaps it's just printed a bit more out of focus or something. But the um, the kids' faces are sort of... Yeah. They've got so many shadows on them that I find them a bit blobby. The kids are one of the things that really jumped out at me with this mm. one. Because this goes back to what I've said before. He says here, he can't believe how many kids there are here. Kids from all over the world. Hey! So that answers it, doesn't it? Wildside isn't just some evil computer game sitting in an arcade, in arcade gobbling up kids in North Stirlington. No, it's something else. It's an elsewhere that's extruding into the world all around that was, and snatching kids from everywhere. I think it was oh, in, our, yes. in the last couple of episodes that we put up, Chris was saying that he hoped that that was what it was. And it turns out it is. Yeah. It's what I always imagined yeah. it being, right? But but yeah, yeah. T- to have that, yeah. Like in the game, it, it's just like, hey, here's a big arcade machine. It's eating children. In you go, because you're the kid that's too tough to be. Too cool for that. Uh, and then then you win, and the big face explodes, and all the children. You see little sprites of all the children being released, and they're all the games designers. They've all got the little games design. It's like the oh, credit yeah, sequence right, is all right, there. Yeah. Oh. I'm also a bit sad that at no point does the comic have the big gold hoop earrings, of Richard O'Brien faces. Oh yeah, yeah so Fire Energy. Warhead yeah. was the name of the thing in the game, wasn't it? He was the. Well, uh, it was yeah, and like because all the bosses were variations on, on big it. floating yeah. bald heads that fired energy balls and went, die! It was the evil... I mean, it's... Presumably, if there'd ever been a third Kid Chameleon serial, it Uh, would have been what the voice would have been coming out Mm, of, yeah. Yeah. For we never do... We never see whence comes the voice at any point in this. But, uh, you know, this bit here where it turns out that, yeah, Brad was, like, afraid and maybe offered to... What did he say? You have chosen your destiny, you know? So it's like Brad was like... He agreed to work for the voice or something like that in the voice. It's all just it's it's a game playing people. <laughs> I, I I do like the art though. It's got a very like it feels like it's it's riffing on that sort of Hellblazer late eighties, early nineties shadow heavy art. Mm-hmm. Layered over with the superhero stylings of the time. Yeah. Which actually I think does give it quite a distinctive look. Yeah, I mean it doesn't really look like anything else in STC. Yeah. No. It would have closest compliment would have been something like Streets of Rage you know mm. they, they they started around the same time they both had that heavy blacks was uh, was kind of like their unifying feature we got anything else? <laughs> I just like revisiting it I really quite like it actually good I'm glad I'm glad to see you've come around much like Dave even though he should be purple I don't just don't have much of a response I'm sort of reading it going like yeah, yeah, yeah that's the cool. high concept behind the adaptation I think just really yeah sings you know i do like this idea that brad has settled in and taken control and become a bad guy and it's doubly interesting that he's being manipulated in the same way that casey has been yeah like reading this really did make me sad that there's not that third part to bring the story to a close because mm. i'm like oh mm. it is going some interesting places mm. you didn't go on and read the next issue did you no i haven't yet okay 
you're going to be even madder. Oh, is it? Is it the last one next issue? <laughs> yes, next issue is chapter six of this serial, so it's the final one. Okay. Uh, we end this one with Cyclone chasing Brad down in his boat, and Brad says, what else could I do? I had no choice. I'm just a kid. And Casey goes, me too, and lifts the mask off and turns back to the room and reveals to Brad his true identity. Essentially saying, that excuse doesn't wash. Yeah. I'm a kid too, and look, you know, I mean, I don't feel like it's truly a fair comparison in that he's got awesome superpowers <laughs> and Brad had to do, do what he had to do to survive, but uh, it's still a no. one way or the other. But yeah. <laughs> And next issue, The Thing You Seek Most. Yes. That was what the voice said to him when he found the message on the subway tunnel pointing him to Alcatraz mm. a couple of parts That's ago. That's where you'll said, find the thing. There you will find the thing you seek most. I don't know what it's referring no. to. What what does that mean? Because what does Casey want? What does Casey want? Like, well, he came in to find Brad. Yeah, but he he never seemed to really want to. <laughs> He's doing it for Susie. Yeah. That's the thing. He doesn't want to save Brad. He wants to save Brad for Susie. Yeah, I love Casey because he's just so much what we thought was the coolest a kid could possibly be yep. in the 90s mm-hmm. yeah you know that's oh yeah that ideal the skateboard the leather jacket the sunglasses yeah. these were yeah. i mean it's like a parody yeah but mm-hmm. no that's genuinely no, what it was back then it's so maybe so hard to understand 26 years later but no that wasn't I feel we should rastify him by about 10% or so, you know, that wasn't... Yeah. That was no, I, real, I, I, like, you know? Legitimately, if I, I've always said, if you want to know what was the coolest thing possible for a, to a UK child in 1995, watch the opening, in inverted commas, cinematic of the Kid Chameleon video game. Because <laughs> that was cool. You had the... <laughs> like, the arcade, like, wild side. And then you had KC Sm- It was... Oh, so cool. I was thought it was, it's fun how STC then wound up not playing him that way though. You know yeah, they played it was actually a... a little bit of a video game recluse mm. behind the bike sheds playing Sonic Chaos and stuff. Yeah, but that was cool as well. But though. that was cool to us, yeah. right? That he made... <laughs> wasn't participating in school properly, and he had video games. Yes, that's true. Actually, yeah, I'm focusing on the. Uh, Stayed in his room all weekend. Oh, aspect yeah. of it, you it's know. that it's that outsider cool rather yeah. than that popular kid cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, God, look at this last page. Actually, I'm just looking down at it again, and look at that, look at that last page with a whole top to bottom splash of cyclone going mm. fists out, flying in towards Brad on the boat, the sea, <laughs> climbing up. That's good oh, stuff. Look at that. Really that's dramatic. Great. Yeah. No wonder I wound up liking superheroes. <laughs> Pin up. A tragically uninspiring poster in the center of this week's issue. Yeah. I've got nothing. No. Yeah. It's supersonic, and it looks like a Farron Rodriguez yeah, piece. And he's just flying through some colored rings, and he's as uninspiring and uninteresting and unexciting as he was the last time Farron drew him in issue 20. He's flying through some rings, and, and one of them is sort of popping off, so he's flying through a kind of a separate O. It's very strange. Yeah. Mm. I'm not... It's just... Yeah. Yeah, no, sonic super... is yellow. It's got his... He's got his swirly eyes. Farron, draw us a supersonic. There you go. Cheers. Yeah, there's that good enough. Friday at five, you know. <laughs> yeah, supersonic. Now, we're at, a, you know, maybe 30 issues ago that would have passed, but supersonic yeah. has ascended to a different plane of cool <laughs> by this point. And it's just like, he, he's doing the thing with like no legs because he's got this trail of energy, yeah, the- but yeah. it does just look like he hasn't bothered to draw legs. <laughs> it do- No, it does, yeah. That is... No, it does. Mm. 
because the kind of whoosh of energy that he's zipping through with looks like the transparent kind that you'd see legs through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Ah oh, well. Ho hum. Knuckles. Total Chaotics, Part 6, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Richard Elson, letters by Elita Fell. Realising that the Metallixes are going to double-cross him, Knack produces a disruptor, but is knocked out by a blast from the robots before he can fire it. Knuckles grabs the weapon, and its rays deactivate the Metallixes, allowing our heroes to rescue the Omniviewer, who then takes Knuckles home. But, back in the Egg Fortress, the Metallixes all reboot, and it's revealed that they have made their own copy of the Omniviewer, intending to use its power over space and time to conquer Mobius. Ooh. Oh! Oh! Oh, yes. Straight from the off, you turn the page, and you have this big, taking up a lot of the page picture of the Emperor Metallics, looking down over all of the Chaotics who are around him, surrounded by Metallicses, and that's after you've had an establishing shot of the whole special zone with all the Richard Elson fun going on up there. Oh, it's... Oh. You, you know you're he's, he's, I mean, he's Master Mold, isn't he? He's, yeah, yeah. He's just Master Mold from the X-Men, but it's cooler because... Oh, look at him. He's so spiky. <laughs> Master Mold crossed with the Dalek Emperor. Do you know, looking at that picture, right, you see those little bumps there on, like, the armrests of his throne? I swear <laughs> I always tried to figure out if those were his hands, his knuckles. As I assume they were. Know, as if they were... Where he was resting, yeah, and he had resting. giant hands. Is that not what are you telling me? That isn't what it is. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, this, it, uh, there's it does no real because like if you look at the picture on the last Ooh, page, that's how we'll find out. Uh, you've got those same bumps, and there's clearly four, and then some that's definitely they look like fingers looks, there. Yeah. But still, it's not proof, is it? In fact, there's never proof. No. Yeah. I mean, look then at the picture wherever they're being disrupted, and you see his hand, and it's proportionate oh, to yep. the rest oh, of his body. Wait, do you hang on? But it really does look like he's got big. Giant hands yeah. that are maybe even fused into the throat. I think that's like what I it don't is. think we ever know if this bloke has legs. No, I think this confusion is deliberate. I think his arms go into the thing, and it's like Could the be. machine is his. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's resting his hands on controls, but also mm-hmm. it's like yeah. the machine is his hands. He is fused with the throne. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And how cool is that? Like, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's uh, right. So. We open with the resolution of the cliffhanger, which was that Knack has betrayed them all. And I realised, Chris, the reason I didn't see the Knack twist coming when I was reading it at the time. You know how I didn't know that Knack wasn't a member of the Chaotix because I didn't have the Chaotix game? it is. Well, it's a step further than that, isn't it? STC's review of Chaotix deliberately did not tell you who was in the Chaotix mm, team. Didn't, did it? At the yeah. time, we speculated whether that was like that's just David Gibbons saving space, or whether it was part of an unusually coordinated effort to make the characters reveal on the next pages in their strip more of a surprise. And now I'm wondering if it mightn't have been that they were trying to obfuscate the fact that Knack shouldn't be on this team. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it as well. It works out really nicely. Yeah. Didn't, didn't the summer special list them? Oh, probably. Yeah. And you could have found the information. It was out there. But at what it ended... Yeah, that's not the point. Just just like solely within the sphere yeah. of STC. What it ended up with was that there was no information about who the Chaotix in the game Chaotix are. And so this is, to me, a big twist. 
Did you ever play Chaotix, Johnny? I didn't. I didn't. These characters, uh, like, I've seen them around throughout, like, Sonic lore, but I never properly knew, like, where they came mm. from uh, or, like, had any particular... Oh, but wait, you didn't even know where they came from? Like, you didn't know there was a, a game called Chaotix? Well, no, I, I, knew, I knew that they came from a Sonic game or a Sonic-adjacent mm-hmm. game of this period that I hadn't played. Right. And I'm sure that the name Chaotix was, like there for me sometimes but i i didn't have a, a concept of them as like oh they came from the sonic game chaotix yeah. in which knuckles and the chaotix team up so you to... really had checked out of stc around now well i i i don't know if i checked out or if i was i think my reading of it was sporadic enough mm. that i was very confused i was making connections where there weren't any right. or, and like also i never really read anything that wasn't the comics I think yeah. I was a year or two younger than All you right. guys, and so like when I was reading, it was it was the mm. comics, like the news zones, all this sort of stuff. Didn't really read them, so I think to me, I thought the Chaotics were just STC characters, right. mm. like Short mm. Fuse or your yeah. Captain Plunder, or like STC was always introducing new characters. Yeah, because yeah, because I hadn't really been reading the news zones where it talks about the upcoming games and that sort of thing. Yeah, I just I I didn't have. I was like, oh, these are some cool dudes. (laughs) Well, doesn't that show you how much cultural impact the 32X and the game Knuckles Chaotix actually managed to have? You know, it's funny. I've just had a thought. Just as you said there, you you just referred to them as the Chaotix. Yeah. And sure, that's what what this comic calls them and everything. And that's kind of what... I feel like that's what we think of them now, because certainly, at least today, they're like the Chaotix detective agency and everything, but... But, like, they're not. Like, in the game, they're not a group. (laughs) They're not... They're not called that. You know, they're just, like they're just some guys who showed up at the same time. Just, they're not. A, they're not a huh. team of so people. So the game is anyway. just called Chaotix because it's just a cool way of saying it's just the name of the thing. Yeah, it's, it's just called Chaotix, and then they put yeah. Knuckles in front of it. Is that right? They put his name so on then, it. so when yeah. they showed up in um, Sonic Heroes as Team Chaotix, it's like saying Team Sonic CD or whatever. Well, essentially. Well, I mean, they they were. I think they were actually called the Chaotix Detective Agency, maybe at that point. Like they repurposed the name of the yeah, yeah. of the game. But yeah, like as far as I know, like in within the <laughs> game, yeah, they're not a a team. <laughs> they're just some people who showed up on this island in the story of the game at the first at the same time. You know? Fair enough. I mean, all told, now that we're here at the end of number six and everything. It's not been a great showcase for Chaotix as characters, has it, this strip? It's really more been about the Metallixes. That's where the hot news has been. Sure. The Metallixes and Knack. Because mm. he's the, the, the one that the plot turns on here at the very end. Whereas the Chaotix fought Knuckles, all lost, <laughs> fighting Knuckles together, then were knocked out by the Metallixes. Yeah, every time the Chaotix like, do something... They're like, let's do this. It just makes everything worse. <laughs> like Mighty smashing through the the old death yeah. thing. He's like, I'm getting in. Oh no! Set off the alarm. Like it's, they're not shown as being massively competent. No, we're not going to see them again for a while after. Is this. that right? Uh, yeah. Not no. Let's see. At least it's got to be something like uh, maybe nine issues oh. before we'll see them again after oh. this. Um, they they drop out for a bit and then they come back for the big metallic story. Um, but that's like, if not Christmas, New Year's, you know, before before that we'll see them again. So I got to believe some future stories will do some stuff with them. And, and it, it becomes more apparent to me now, perhaps, why I don't have such a clear read of their personalities, because this series isn't actually that great of a showcase for them. Fair enough, yeah. but it's so good <laughs> that I don't care. I know, it rips <laughs> ass otherwise. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind like, of... I mean... 
the f***ing Brotherhood of Metallics, absolutely, like, it. I'll, I'll be honest, contrasted against Robotnik from the first strip in, in, this, in this very issue, mad. it feels like different universes of villainy, yeah. you know? Like Robotnik hopping up and down, being like, oh. I'm an angry little cartoon man who sent a robot dinosaur to... That's yeah. something I was thinking about when I was reading this. I was quite excited about that because as far as we know, Robotnik doesn't know this is going on. Yeah. Well, that's it. we haven't had a clear picture. Knuckles says here at the exactly. end, I still have a bad feeling about all this. The Metallics are meant to serve Dr. Robotnik, but it felt like they were working for themselves. Exactly. You would go into this story assuming like, oh, this is Robotnik's latest scheme. And something about the... Robotnik would never make anything as badass as the Emperor Metallics because yeah. it would be... Oh, well, no, that's a funny question. That's a funny point. Because I've never assumed he didn't. Really? I assume he yeah, didn't. Yeah, that's a funny thing. Uh, the reason say. I think this is because it's so much better at being a huge supervillain than Robotnik <laughs> is. It's it would outrank him immediately. It would just it would just destroy him straight away and move on with you know taking over the world. And you know later we'll find them attempting to do that. And like just something about how huge and terrifying, especially in the final panel. The the image of this guy is. I don't think it's beyond Robotnik to build it. Te- you know, technically speaking, I just think he wouldn't do it because he would recognise it as a threat. I don't have any theory in a, or memory of where this thing did come from, but I have always thought of it as what happens if you let the technology that makes a Metallics keep running. You'll eventually uh, get so this. You think like the Metallics has built it to be their yeah. king? He's like their Serpentor. Yeah. It's like they genetically engineered their own superior ruler to come. Yeah, or even honestly, I know this is just a throwaway comment, and even Nigel Kitching won't remember this, and it won't have any bearing on anything. But like, we did hear that Metallics was an extrusion of the technology spreading across the Miracle Planet, and. That yeah. semi-organic, well, ex- not extrusion. You know, just that they were built using the same. Oh, true. Technology. Yeah, because there was that opening. That, so there was that thing for the Sonic Terminator, where like Robotnik's like demonstrating mm. the, the metallics and like destroying. That's the right. Sonic. Yeah. Yeah, the Sonic Terminator never really clearly tied together how destroying the technology that cyberformed the Miracle Planet would therefore cease. To make metallics exist because yeah. the story had never clearly explained that one came from the other, just that they were made from the same if stuff. If I'm going to explain it, I would say something like, okay, okay, metallics didn't himself physically grow out of the that stuff growing across the Miracle Planet. Although, you could say that he did and Robotnik just put it in a tube and took it home and worked out how to use it. You could, it. you could. But I'm certainly willing to believe that some new chip appeared some new development came out of that tech that Robotnik then built Metallics with. Because that's... It, it's self-perpetuating, isn't it? Like, yeah. the, the whole point of the technology on the Miracle Planet is yes. that it is self-perpetuating. Yeah. So, to cover the if planet, it can yeah. perpetuate, it can evolve. Exactly. It's almost alive. But, of course, if it was erased from history, therefore, uh, these guys yeah, couldn't exist. Now, could they? So you have mm. to assume the two yeah. things are separate. I mean, I think, I think I pointed out back in issue 50, like, that did mm. bug me, that... They didn't destroy the Metallics. He uncreated it, and yet yeah. there were there these guys. We should say, of course, that the last panel here, as the, the Metallics is reviving everything, and we truly see the extent of what we've got here, because before we've only had about three or four Metallics yeah. at any one time, we here now see oh, Legion. Oh, oh, There's 20 or more here, and we get the name drop, the Brotherhood of Metallics. The, I, I, 
wish to God I could like remove my foreknowledge because this again this is such a the beginning of such a seminal arc of STC that I wish I could remove my foreknowledge of it and I've gone back to this and and realized because I think it was only last episode mm-hmm. there wasn't it that we realized that they haven't been identified as the brotherhood that, words, that yeah. was previously spoken of you like you had to connect it yourself in your mind they didn't drop the bomb until yeah. right now and it's so easy for that to be lost on you when you reread it. That's where I'm coming from, actually, because I do not remember where the Brotherhood and Oh, Johnny! Go. Oh, Johnny! So I'm, I'm so I'm happy, so for, happy you. for you. Oh, Wait so and see. <laughs> to be able to read this without knowing. Oh, oh can I? Oh. I also like it's very good at. So the thing that you always have in a lot of this sort of this sort of story is like oh there's the one thing and it can like mm. one of it mm. can absolutely take down both sonic and knuckles and then or later there's like five of them and suddenly and it's, it's like you the have law the of sing- conservation of ninjutsu uh, yeah yeah exactly and they actually are really good at not doing that with the metallics like last issue you had like the one metallics messing up the whole team mm. and now they've got all these metallics and like they're not actually defeating any of the metallics. They've got like the MacGuffin, the, the can, magic off button, yeah. the magic off button, which takes out all of them. But that isn't actually. They managed to very neatly sidestep, making it feel like the metallics are individually any less of a threat. So when you get that end where you've like got what fifteen of them, you're like, oh no, that's that's too many. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like just just two turning up was was yep. was trouser down. Yeah. I love the evil omni. Oh, it's... it's not just that they made a copy of it, it's that they made an evil copy of it and it's pink and it's sort of pinky it's red got a little and angry face. Face. It's a little angry face. <laughs> Oh, I don't think this thing would ever have any personality, though, which is a terrible shame, because Omni has that pompous mm. personality that sometimes gives way to being, oh, um, well, I don't, um, actually, <laughs> I, I would have, yeah, I don't know if it ever does have a personality, but look at it, it's an evil red Omnivore. I mean, that's some primal kid button pushing there with that, like, to take, to make the evil, differently colored version of the thing. Like, I mean, isn't, that's that's what's cool about the Emperor yeah. Metallics, isn't it? Yeah. He's the even eviler, differently colored oh, version of the thing. Something I've not even noticed before is that um, to make him look even more evil, Rich never draws his eyes fully. He only shows us, like, mm, they're always you can just, just see the edge of the bottom half of his, like, iris. You never see a pupil in there at all. Yeah. I wonder if he'll have it in the future at all. Because he's got such a scowly face that his eyelid always... The, sorry, that his brow always covers up the pupils, I guess. It just looks really cool. And then in one panel, it just glows. I don't think that they're any bigger than they are on the regular Metallics, but there's just something about the way he draws the uh, the spikes that come out of the side of his head that they're, ooh, they're right up there like devil They runs. have been bigger in previous... Not so much in this episode, but they have been bigger before. And But yeah, he always angles it so that... It's looking directly at us, and it has that. It's looking kind of down, and it has that. It's horn shape. just so vicious. Yes, you know, Metallics is arguably even harder to draw head on yeah. than Sonic yeah. is. But it's the fact that it, he always draws him head on, and with the yeah. head down just a little bit, so that the the metal spike that is his nose is never just like a, a dead on circle. Yes. You always see the spike of the nose. It's always like he's he's 
glowering at you with his head down and his eyes. And that's why maybe like why you can't see the pupil at mm. the center of the eyes, because the oh, head's down, yeah. so the eyes are looking up and out a little bit, so the pupil is sort of hidden under the curve of the brow. I mean, I may be overthinking. No, it, that is, no that's what it is. I agree completely. And it's, it's brilliant. Oh, I can't wait for the next bit of this. I know we have to go away and have some knuckles and tails for a bit, whatever, but I want this. <laughs> Dave. Dave. Hello. Dave. Sonic next issue, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no pauses. No waiting. No nothing. Next time. Although, speaking of overthinking things, uh-huh. I have a question. Yes. Next, next little hat gun. Yes. How right. is... Knuckles firing it <laughs> with his massive mitten. because he has no fingers and it has no trigger. It, that's true. It does have no. Well, and listen, we don't know how he's firing it, and it, it does say in the script like, I, "How do you fire this?" As soon as I've figured it out, oh, it's this, and then he shoots <laughs> yeah, know, it. Right? No, we don't find out. <laughs> Pressure sensitive grip must be. Just squeeze down on the trigger and it shoots. But also, <laughs> it doesn't shoot. Forward, it is a gun that shoots. Yes, it in all shoots, directions. Uh, yes, it's a very, it seems to very be a sort of omnidirectional it's broadcast. It's an EMP, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. it just doom, everything around it switches off. But drawn like a gun. Mm. But also, it does have a tack, 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 like it's firing. Well, I, for some reason, something to do with the weird electric sort of lightning squiggles in the background makes me think of that tack, tack, mm. tack as like a Geiger counter sort of noise. Yeah. Oh, specifically like, yeah. the noise when you press the thing on a gas cooker and it goes kick, 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 and then you mm. light it that yeah, yeah. Ra- yeah. rather than a but more of a sort of sort of radiating oscillating sort of noise I thought you were going to ask about the growing and shrinking the shrinky growing oh no that makes sense you know we were just saying that we don't know like because Nax thing is shooting guns and Chris was like wait in STC doesn't he shrinky grow things I had no idea he was about to do it so quickly like I don't think that they were introducing it here as that but as far as I remember yeah like in the future shrinky growy is is nax dealy in in stc that's his special yeah. special tactic really? it is a weird one because it feels like it's made to look uh-huh. like a gun purely because knack is meant to have to be holding something gun, that looks yeah. like a gun rather than because it actually in any meaningful way functions yeah. as a gun mm. yeah yeah which is weird because and a bit unfortunate because i'm absolutely sure that i've seen the this this knuckles with the gun Picture spread around mm, by yeah. artists. It's the sort yeah, of thing they like. Uh, I haven't personally, but that definitely sounds like something that would happen. Yeah, and I, oh, they've get, they gave Knuckles a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that weird British comic. Can you believe it? What an obsessive gun centric culture they have. <laughs> <laughs> but I was quite shocked by the fact that. So, like, yeah, Nat gets this thing and it grows and he's immediately killed. He's <laughs> not dead, we find out, but. The Metallics who shoots him goes, target eliminated. He turns out to be alright, but they just like... Yeah, there's a full page where, like, he's definitely mm. dead to, to me as a reader, uh, as a child. And now I was like, oh, wow, they just, they just, they just uh, killed yeah, him. I mean, he, <laughs> uh, and then it's like, oh, well, it's no, not as okay. if he actually comes back. You just get, you know, SBO going, he's going to no, be okay. No, they just carry him off. Could be, He'll be alright. And genuinely don't know when we next see Knack, because it's a, it's a long yeah. stretch... No, until there's room for it. Could be something like the Knuckles Knockout yeah. Special before Knack's back. So, quick question. Is Knack a fully STC invention? No. No, he was from Sonic Triple Trouble, the game game master system, Game yep. Gear? 
the 8-bit game, whichever console it was for. And in fact, you can find him right now in the uh, Sonic 30th Anniversary comic yes. that IDW have put really? out, except... Yes, better known by the name Fang the Sniper That's these days, which is his Japanese, Japanese name, right, right. which so- somewhere... But even back then... That was in use in English contexts as well. Like that's not that's not some recent no we knew that uh, for ages. Western adaptation. Yeah, yeah now now I think of, about it. Yeah. Now I think about it. I do remember you discussing it oh, in right. an earlier episode. But <laughs> but but you know, as you say, he's as foreign to readers as the Chaotix are. You know, in the sense that the Chaotix are from the yeah. strange foreign new game for the system nobody's got yet, and most people yeah. never will. Knack is the character from the outdated old system that many people are probably in some ways too young to have mm. to have owned. Yeah, well, I mean, I was on the cusp of that generation. Like I said, I think I'm a couple of years behind you two. Certainly, I think there's a lot of stuff in Sonic the Comic that I mm. did miss because, like, I wasn't quite at the age for it. So it ends with two captions. It says, Gee whiz, boomers, how can we leave things like this? Yeah, I agree. What... Are the Brotherhood mm-hmm. of Metallics up to? Where have Chaotics gone? Do you want to see more of them? Answers in future issues of STC. Meanwhile, none of that. Write in if you no, want. No, it's happening. It's all we're already yeah. at. Answers in the future. We are in a story arc now. Oh. Meanwhile, next issue, it's Knuckles and Tails. Whoa! They told us about that in Speedlines last issue, didn't they? They're very excited about it, yeah. I'm looking forward to that one, actually, because that's a kitchen-drawn one. Oh, well, then, yeah. Yeah. Q-Zone. Q-Zone. Q-Zone had a facelift as well. It's now all uh, green and Mm -hmm. and orange, with the same uh, new angular font for the title bar. But God save my poor little soul. It is a FIFA FIFA 95 95, a three-part special. Three-part? Oh, I missed that! Jesus! I assumed it was only two, because there are usually only two. I didn't even see that. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, this, do- but this, uh, this doesn't even feel like it's about a video game. This is two pages of Dave Gibbon telling us about the... But... Formations! I've tried to read it. You know, I've said before, like, this is not something I would have read at the time. I've tried to read I tried to read it earlier. I tried three <laughs> times. My eyes will not register the words. Well, that's because most of this two-pager is about selecting formations. So, for example, he leads with, get your team fighting fit and ready to score against the best in the Premiership. Putting your team into the right formation is an all-important tactic before you even attempt to kick a ball. And he starts by describing the 3-5-2 formation. Now... Stop! No, don't read it out! I can't I can't listen to you read it out, Dave. I would have said that this was a risky option, because that's going to leave you with a very weak defence. <laughs> Stop! Now, obviously, you know, giving your team a powerful attack force, it enables you to run through the midfield, so it can leave you exposed. This is what I've always said. It can leave you exposed to long balls from the opposition. Dave! <laughs> listen... This doesn't feel like it's about a video game. No, this feels it's like football. it's David Gibbon giving his opinions on how these formations work in, in real, real football. Life football. Yeah. Because I <laughs> refuse to believe that a 16-bit football video game was that severely affected by the formation of the players and the team. And that this random reviewer played it enough to learn this level of nuance about it. No, he's just a footy fan. And the thing is, like, I'm trying to read it now, and the most interesting part of this entire section is where it talks about, in certain modes, your players might get tired legs. (laughs) I agree I didn't completely. Get that I thought that was genuinely the most interesting thing in here. It's the top tip at the very end. 
there oh, are yeah. two, he doesn't clearly explain it very well, but it, apparently there are two modes, which is simulation and action. And in simulation, simulation mode reproduces the effects of tired legs on all the players. So essentially, the longer the match goes on, wow. like the more tired your players get, whereas action means they stay at 100% throughout. And... You know, I would never play the game, but that's genuinely Fair interesting, play. and yeah. I wonder if yeah, that's like... a feature that's still in football games mm. today because that's clever. I, mean, I sort of applaud the yeah, the industry in making that. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, the most interesting part of the whole cues. Are... Sometimes the players get tired legs. Oh, if you're going to put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I got a chuckle out of the bit in four four two where he says teams from Manchester United to good old Sunderland, the best team in the world, of course, frequently choose the four four two. Like, well, we know who David Gibbons supports. <laughs> god, it's just this is like when. It's like when there's a school paper and the football kick is like, oh, I'm going to write about football. So in a football defense, blah, 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 and you're like, that, oh, God, right, okay. This doesn't belong in STC. It's got nothing to do with Sonic, Sega, or FIFA 95. It's just a man talking about football for two pages. I mean, I don't know. We haven't played. Maybe, maybe the gameplay is affected, but I don't know. We're going to need someone to confirm that for us. So have at on the Twitter. No, don't. We don't care. <laughs> Sparkster. Last of the Rocket Knights, Part 6, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Keith Page, and letters by Steve Potter. Surrounded by angry townspeople, Gedol takes Shelley prisoner and scales the cathedral, intending to hold her to ransom. But Shelley fights her way out of his grip and throws herself off the roof right into Sparkster's waiting arms. Consumed by rage, Gedol lunges at Sparkster, but only winds up falling to his doom in the river below. The day may be won, but now the long process of repairing the damage done to the kingdom must begin. You know I've enjoyed Sparkster. Yeah, we started out unsure, didn't we? We didn't think we were going to like it. Yeah, we did. And um, it's been all right. It's been a good laugh. Yeah, it's fine. Like I'm not excited by it, though. No, I can't say I'm ever thrilled by it. Mm. I like looking at the vistas. Lovely first panel to kick us off here. Yeah. Sparkster rockets across the kingdom, and we see all the railroad trellises and castles all interspliced together in this little steampunk possum world. And I like it whenever the king's mum shows up. That's She's yeah. great. Love her. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Love her. I love that she has inherited something wrong with the right eye. Oh, yeah! Like, she always has her right eye closed, and he has a jeweled right eye. But it's just, it's just a little family thing. never noticed that, yeah. Oh, she's given him her jewel that she used to have in her eye. Yeah, maybe she popped it out. <laughs> <laughs> they do goof up on the speech bubbles there on the page, too, where he speaks her dialogue and she oh, speaks Oh, I his. didn't notice, so I must not have been paying attention. Page two, is it? Page one, panel three. Where, uh, oh, yeah. the crowd's turning ugly, son. Oh, but it's yeah. Gettall that says that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I do like Gettall's line. Which, uh, but it's good, because Gettall's line would sound as fitting coming out of him as it would coming out of his mum. Time to make an exit, I think. I do so despise physical contact with the peasantry. <laughs> That's interesting, because Steve Potter doing the lettering has had to work to make you read the right-hand balloon before the left-hand balloon, when he would have had to do less mm. work if he'd... Done it the right way around. <laughs> Put it there and there, yeah. Just a little goofette. Like, I think the the final like mm. battle in inverted comma is a mm. little bit underwhelming. Yeah. Like he's just he just 
sort of almost has a go at Sparkster and then falls down. And like it's very clear that he's definitely not dead. It's like, oh, he fell in the river. Let's not no, follow him. Let's not him. check, yeah. It's like... The idea isn't necessarily anticlimactic. It's a Disney death. You yeah, know, yeah. the idea isn't yeah, no, anticlimactic. Absolutely. But there's something about, yeah, the depiction of it that doesn't quite flow off. You know, the, the simple fact is that Sparkster even getting the line, get all you fool, did you expect me to just stay still? Is like, you didn't need to say that. Shades of Wonder mm. Boy sort of ironically pointing out how silly the characters are acting within the story. You know, I don't need that. I don't need that. And, you know, a, a more dramatic panel showing him... Falling into the out of out of the camera, you know, falling yes. downwards towards the camera rather than a a, a long shot from above would be uh, more yeah. impactful. Regardless of whether he wound up in the river or not, yeah, like it didn't feel like it had to be as anticlimactic as it felt, but it did feel weirdly perfunctory. Yeah, just like oh, and then he falls down. Wouldn't argue. See, like the, the the panel of him doing the lunge on page uh, four, that's good. You know, you feel like you're about to get a big woo moment when he's no. When he comes at him, and then the next is like, and he fell down. <laughs> yeah. I do have a question, though. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't hold out much hope we'll be able to answer uh, it. <laughs> yeah, no, like, why is King Gedol getting married in Barcelona's Sagrada Familia? <laughs> the very, very, very famous Gaudi church that is pretty much just directly reproduced here. I am now doing some Googling. Google away. Do, because it's, it's just that famous church. Oh, wow. Right. Wow. What flipping heck. Look at that. Oh, yeah. No, the, the church is amazing. Yeah. But also, it's just put it in Sparkster. In particular, there's a shot of it, you know, sort of from ground level looking up where it sort of stretches away to the sky and uh, yeah, very, very much like the big pictures of it on pages two and three. Yeah. Yeah, can't argue with that. Well, I mean, look, it suits Keith Page's art style down to the ground so i guess yeah like if he hadn't drawn it before it's about time he did <laughs> i like um how king gerald's mum can leap through a stained glass window with a big grin on her face but then be like what do you mean i can't climb up there yeah <laughs> she can't climb a wall <laughs> she's hardy up until don't hurt me i'm just a poor old woman he forced me to do it all Love her. She's brilliant. Possibly the best thing in the story. I love an evil character's mum. Yep. Yes. Every it's time. Just, this is a great trope. Yeah. I liked. Oh, yeah. I thought this was really cool. I like the bit where, so the king knows he's defeated. He's standing mm. on top of this Sagrada Familia, and he's got the princess under his arm, and he shouts down, I want a rocket pack and a guarantee of safe passage. I, I want a helicopter like and $10,000 like... in unmarked yeah. bills. You know, it's, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It suddenly became quite, um, I won't say real, but, yeah, but like but, plausibly, yeah. this is what a defeated bad guy might do. He's not yeah. taking her prisoner just because, because he still harbors some delusion of being yeah. able to marry her or something. He's just using her for, like, yeah, for yeah. insurance. I do love this bit where she, you know, she elbows him in his dual eye and uh, slips and then falls. She's clinging on to the edge of the <laughs> roof. And, and he's like, she's like, stay away. And he's like, don't be stupid. I'm going to save you. Take my hand before a certain death. So those are the choices, are they? Mm. I think I'd rather die. And she lets go, and that's cool. And he looks over there and he goes, The little fool. But then Sparkster comes out, he's got her in his arms. Yeah! <laughs> right, here's something I really appreciate about the way this wraps up. Nigel Kitching is good at looking at what are the skill sets of this character and building a story around that. Yep, and so yep. we have an ending that is about the fact that this guy has a jetpack. True. He catches the princess 
And yes, all he does is jetpack out of the way of a lunging villain, but he does it with his jetpack. Mm. You've got to give him that. <laughs> you know, he doesn't just go like sparks to the rocket knight and then he kicks him into a hole or whatever. No, he jetpacks. I will grant you, Dave, he does do it with his jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> rocket knights do it with their jetpacks. <laughs> <laughs> Although one thing that's, that I, I wasn't sure... So the little goblin guys that turned mm. up in the first mm. Sparks to Strip and Sparks yeah. to Handily mm. defeated, was that the extent of King Geddel's actual army? Presumably not. There were other ones in the castle, too. Yeah, because, like, but as soon as we discover that, oh, he's brainwashed everyone using this magic gem, like, it's... We never see his actual loyal soldiers anymore. It's just, like, he's there surrounded by... I guess Mm. they've all fled. I'm presuming an ants and a grasshopper type situation, where there are more of these weak little possums than there are of these big tough lizards. (laughs) And if they ever realise it... Yeah. Yeah. What does it say on the thing Sparks does standing on at the end? Cuspers. KSP, uh, Keith Page's initials, I presume. Uh, I don't know what his middle name is, but Keith S. Page, I would assume. Sparkster. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a Z at the end, so I got confused. I thought it was a, in, something in Russian. Yeah, I did think yes, it was a Z at first, too, actually, but then I realised K for, K for Keith. P for Listen, me. I love the art in this series, so I'm going to allow it, but if I hadn't have done, that would have been a very arrogant way of signing off, wouldn't it? <laughs> have Sparkster stand on a little oh, stone I don't know. Thing. I mean, I'm pretty used to seeing a, an artist uh, sign their name to um, a big splash page for instance or something no I, I refer only to the fact that in his final triumphant moment the artist's name is highlighted almost as much as Sparkster is he's got his foot on it as if to draw attention to it I'll allow it <laughs> yeah me too because <laughs> the art in this has been brilliant and especially on the backgrounds it's really been the high point yeah. you know uh, it, I, th- I think the art was the thing that first started to bring us round towards the strip after a yes, rather dull beginning yes. and then and then some of the fun stuff like with the mum started to creep in and everything. the fact that this you can put sagrada familia in this and it completely fit in it yeah no if i hadn't if i didn't know the church i'd have been like oh what a cool design yep, that and looks now like, like something that belongs yeah, here exactly you know it's weird now i'm like oh it's a shame there wasn't another sparkster now because i forgot yeah. what kind of an open note it ends on i mean it literally ends on shelly saying get all has hurt my kingdom and there's a great deal that needs to be put right this is only the beginning but there never would be any more sparksters no we are very close to the end of the non-sonic strips now at this point not all the way there yet we got a couple still on the pipe but uh, very close to it now but, as always, they sign off. Want to see more of Sparkster? Get writing. And I think we do know that a second one was in production at some point. Keith Page has some of the art oh. on his website. And it's got Axel really? Gear, the evil Rocket Knight from the game in it. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. But, oh, that's uh, odd. I, I assumed that anything that never made it into STC would also have never made it into production at all. But it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not just... It, I mean, obviously, we're still some ways off of having any kind of detailed discussion about it, but it certainly never seemed like uh, the idea of making strips about other Sega games just sort of petered out or anything. It's that, like, somewhere some decision was made. You know, whenever we we ended Shinobi and Streets of Rage was saying, they'll both be back soon, kids, and then they never... Yeah, Yeah, it it does feel like someone up top at some point was like, okay, we're, we're, we're not doing that anymore. We're done with that now. I mean, I yeah. don't know if they would have been paying any more money for it or not. This Because, I mean, this one is, yeah. this is a Konami comic, and they've had to have that Konami logo in the title bar since, what, part three, was it? It might just be that, like, as as computer games as an industry, like, became more what we recognize it as now, 
like licensing and copyright yeah. and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff just like companies started being more interested in it more invested like yeah you know and it became too much of a headache to actually license these characters possible you know it makes me want to say something that i somehow don't think we've ever said on this show before but which is one of the truest things you could say about sonic the comic which is it could never exist today no so many of the stuff were just made by sega but you know there were different programmers involved and to have a konami game dropped in as well for instance and to have such freedom of control away from from the people that actually made the the games as well and telling your own stories with them it just couldn't happen today the only way that it could happen right it would not be able to be called Sonic the Comic because oh, no, all the like, other people with yeah. their games would what would they be like? Uh, excuse me, my game's as important as Sonic, and so yeah, it would have to be like gaming comic. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it is just like it's such a product of its time, not only culturally but also like in terms of the industry and and mm. how it operated at the yeah. time. Speedlines. Hey, no, there's the full picture of Megadroid right there. Oh, in there it is. Yeah, I, I didn't think that was established oh, by yes, a comic a little, strip leader. Yes, he's got a little, little hover plate. Yes. That's right. I just think it's a good drawing. Yeah. I think whoever's done this is good. I wonder who it was. Maybe it was the designer. The designer hasn't changed. The designer is still... Gary Knight. I think my issue is just that this Megadroid legitimately looks cool. And I loved how uncool the old Megadroid was. <laughs> Dear STC... I won the Sony Psygnosis Flink competition where my dad and I spent a fantastic VIP day in Liverpool. We were treated to a tour around the offices, learning how computer games are made. I was given a huge bag of games, t-shirts, posters and CDs. They even took a photo of me, scanned it into the computer and added the graphics. See right. Thanks everyone. Ben Tucker, Reading, Berkshire, Sonic Stationery winner. Well... If it isn't, our old friend, hypothetical winner of the Sony right. Psygnosis oh, Compo. Did you remember how down you were on the idea of a trip to Psygnosis for a day? Where you thought there'd just be like, like some intern who would shuttle you around the smoke-stained office of people just <laughs> tapping away on their BBC micros. Yep, pretty much. I'm very happy to see that this kid appears to have enjoyed himself i don't know something about it feels too perfect to me <laughs> i want to know what was in his huge bag of games and stuff uh, that's the thing this is this is because still the bit where it's the actual tour is just described as treated to a tour yeah. around the offices mm. which is exactly what i was imagining learning how computer games are made that could be either he was shown and told really cool stuff or it's just a euphemistic way of saying watched being people type on them, onto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but the thing is they gave him a massive bag of toys so that yeah, is fine then and there's a photo um this picture they talk about adding the graphics, to the <laughs> graphics. Game, and it's a photograph where they they do <laughs> oh, seem to have put the psychosis logo in the bottom corner that's the psychosis logo isn't it that little owl face yeah but stc has cut it off i know <laughs> they've cropped the photo in <laughs> And then over the top, in barely legible green font, no outline, no drop shadow, no nothing, minty green, <laughs> Ben's VIP visit to Psygnosis Liverpool. Look, I went on Facebook, I tried to find Ben Tucker, but I couldn't, I couldn't oh. find him. Oh. Ben, if in, if in some way this ever crossed, if somebody out there knows Ben Tucker of Reading, yeah, Berkshire, we've got to be able to six degrees this. Somebody's got to know somebody. Come on. Come on. Think of, listeners. 
think uh, carefully about this. Do you know this man? Have you ever met anyone who implied to you that he'd ever been to the psychosis <laughs> offices <laughs> to find out how they made Flink? Just cutting out this picture and like showing it around. It's like, do you do you know this do child? You, have you seen this man? <laughs> and what the photo is is it's of Ben, who is a normal-looking boy of the sort of age we were, and he is. Trying to look cool, I think he's leaning against. He's in a. He's in a. Ter- what he's in is one of their chairs. They've sat him down. He's leaning against a desk, and I cannot make out any of what's nope. on the desk. I've tried and I've tried. I've tried. There's obviously stuff all over it. That if I had a higher resolution photo of this, I'd be interested to see this psychosis stuff, but I, I can't see it. And Megadroid replies, "Well, Ben, as the old song goes." Sony, Sony, so good to me. We don't no, know, don't, sorry. Don't know and we'll get tweets that, that about how we don't know So, so neat. Something, something, so good to me. Don't know. Oh, well. Telling no. Tales is a letter from Michael Freer from Fitzwilliam in West Yorkshire. Dear STC, would you ever consider a Tales origin story? Explaining to us boomers how he got mm. his two tales. And uh, Megadore actually gives a, a really long and detailed answer here. Lend me your ears, or should it be eyes, Michael? Tails comes from the Nameless Zone, which he left to seek his fortune in the Emerald Hill Zone, where he met Sonic, CSTC number 27. The two-tailed mystery will be revealed in a future issue of STC. Mm-hmm. It won't. Meanwhile, Tails teams up with Knuckles for the start of something B.I.G. next issue. Don't miss it. So no answer there at all. Um, <laughs> Is it a mystery? No, not really. No. Uh, yeah, well, that's I, I always the just thing. assumed he was born with two tails. He was just born with two tails. That's yeah. Um, he wasn't exposed to radioactive ooze by the shredder. You know, this is not. Yeah, there no. is no. He's just got two tails. Yeah. Mind you, we can talk because we insist that Sonic should have an origin story. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you can't can't argue with that. Yeah, I think I feel like I remember reading something somewhere, which was enough for me at the time, that it was just some kind of a natural mutation that he just was born yeah. with uh, two tails, the way right. some people are born with six fingers or three fingers or whatever. You know, right? That's right. something that happens within the world. Hedgehogs aren't born blue and with their quills fused into rows of spikes, so that needs yeah. explaining. <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever thought about it that hard, mm, but yeah. it, it, it always just felt like, no, just he, he has two tails. He was born he with two him. tails, yeah. I assume. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the swim, dear STC, when is Echo the Dolphin going to return? The last series ended with the words, swim with Echo again in STC soon. Surely a year and a bit is a long a enough long time. Wait. From Jay Coleman. Oh, it's Jenna Coleman from out of uh, Doctor Who. Uh, Bramley, Surrey. <laughs> Dig out your cosy, JC. Echo returns in STC 60. Yes! Oh. He's going to take Kid Chameleon's place after Kid Chameleon ends next issue. Oh, of course. Oh, boy, oh, am I looking forward to another Echo. It's good. I wonder how long they've had this, uh, mm, this right? letter in the chamber waiting to like deploy it when they could say they could use yeah. it as like a backdoor announcement. Oh, I thought you were going to say yeah, I wonder definitely. how long the echo strip has been done and waiting to be published. Oh, could be the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could be that yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> And we just got one piece of fan art on the page this week because Ben's VIP visit to Psygnosis takes up the other image spot. And it's a drawing of Sonic himself mm. by Paul Kitching from Yarm in Cleveland. Yarm. Yes, and the comment on it is something's cooking with the Kitchings. And I wonder, is that supposed to be a reference to Nigel, or is it must supposed be, to be... It must be, yeah. Yeah, but is the cooking supposed to be a reference to the fact that the word simply sounds because like kitchen? Because it's a bit like kitchen, yeah, maybe. And there's that little tag right above it. Send your email messages to stc at richb.demon.co.uk! Yes! Be sure to include your postal address so we can send you a prize! Ah! 
Uh, John, you, obviously you never had anything sent into the comic or anything like that? Not that I remember, no. Uh, if you were on your way out already, we would have seen it by now. Yeah, no, I remember, like, I played the Water Fun game <laughs> because they had it at my dentist's. <laughs> I remember because my mind was blown that this thing that I knew as, like, the Sonic Water Fun game... Oh, yeah. just the thing that could only be obtained by... Yeah. Yeah. Wait! Your dentist must have had a letter printed in Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea. I've no idea. Like yes, famously, you couldn't just buy it in shops. Like I don't. <laughs> I do not remember like wh- what this dentist was or where it. I just remember seeing it in the waiting room. Like you know how the yeah. dentist they'd have magic eye books. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Like, all that sort of stuff. And he had the Sonic Water Fun game. It is a very dentist waiting room sort of an item, yeah. isn't, isn't it? it? And uh, you know what? It was. It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. They're not actually very fun, are they? You get more use out of the old stationary set. Mm. Yes, which is what everybody's getting who wrote into this. And we have something in our own mailbag. Do you remember Chris? I do. I do. I know him well. I remember him well. A few issues ago, we had a mock-up review zone of our comic. Yes. Which was sent in by my cousin. And he said his first issue was coming up. And I said, oh, you can come on when we have your first issue. Well, it was this episode. We're double booked, so he couldn't come. So instead, he has sent us a message to our mailbag. Dear STCTP, firstly, thank you for the podcast. It has been lovely to listen to you guys chat on about the Sega-sational world of Sonic comic. (laughs) And it will be even lovelier to listen to now because I'll recognise more of the stories. Issue 58 was my first issue of STC, and I wonder if the redesign had something to do with that. Mm. Was there an accompanying marketing push that got the comics into more newsagents and or more prominent on the shelves? I don't think so. I'm eight years old in August 1995, so prime Sonic comic time. I just think I should have been into it before then. (laughs) I had the two hardback books with those earlier Sonic strips. Yearbooks. So the concept of a Sonic comic would not have been alien to me. Maybe it was bought to keep me quiet on a holiday, Mm. something like that. Looking back at the issue, it's a bit of a weird one to start with. Part two of the story with no Robotnik Hmm. and a weird flying squirrel robot who wasn't even in the games anyway. (laughs) Part six of the story about Knuckles and literally no other characters that I recognised being one of those rare humes with no access to a 32X. Oh yeah. Two. Counting two <laughs> comics about characters that aren't even about Sonic at all. <laughs> I stayed a mostly regular reader ever since, though, so there must have been something about it. I mean, you can't play the games all the time because your mum won't let you, but you can always read something, right? <laughs> I realise for old-timers such as yourselves, you've already covered the stories that were the big ones for you, but personally it's all about the build-up and eventual massive team-up in issue 100. It was the time that I looked most mm. fondly on. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil that here, though. The only other thing of note is that I managed to get some art published Ooh. and got some Crayola pens for my trouble. Ooh. It was a spooky themed picture that I sent in for the upcoming Halloween issue. Oh, this year? Okay. Uh, they didn't print it then, but for some reason kept it on file to print the following year. Oh, right. One last thing. I saw Dave's bed covered in stickers, and it was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> John Kendall. Mega Drive 2 owner. That is my cousin, and one time I went round their house, right, and they had the kind of beds that are high up and have a little hidey hole mm. underneath, and they had, you know, somewhere between five and ten stickers that they'd put on those beds being children, and I just saw that and I went, I'm going to do that. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I need to do. And I think it was after that that I got my high up ah. bed, so then it was stickers all the time. Oh, yes. That was the very bed that inspired me. 
<laughs> but well pointed out, John, about the strangeness of the issue. Yeah, being being the one because yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's it's the it's the it's a big takeaway, isn't it? Like what an odd choice it is. to do like a new oh new look excitement check out now and build it all in the middle of stories like literally across the board. Yeah, especially since in all but one case next issue next issue would all, all be part ones, ones. Yeah. yeah what a weird decision what an arbitrary decision it's not even a new year i guess what it's is it the start of it's the first issue of august so i guess they decided they would do it okay. in august so they did it in august uh, like, yeah who knows doesn't who knows? impact our enjoyment of it certainly nope perhaps one day we'll be able to talk to Richard Burton or Deborah Tate, and they'll remember why it was. I doubt it. <laughs> well, I believe that brings us to the end of our first new look issue. And, you know, right now, I was about to ask Johnny, oh, what's your experience being and everything? But I have to pause myself because I've just realised we're not quite at the end. Because, yes, we have the next issue page, and we've been overlooking it oh so very long. <laughs> Even the one. data strip has had the makeover, folks. It's still it's here. Still they didn't there. take this opportunity to just chuck it out. Now, Johnny, you never cut out and sent one of these in, I assume. I don't believe so. No, I, I remember no, it. The, but, the good, uh, sensible uh, people I, I never, did not. No. I was not a, a comic cutter. Not a defacer, no, no. A cultural vandal. But they have changed the boxes on it. That's the thing. That's why it's worth talking about. What? They have now added the what, box. It's different stuff? Yeah, it's different now. They have now yeah. added the box. I've been reading STC since. Uh, they want to know how long you've been reading oh. for. They have added the box. My favourite film slash video is. Oh. And my favourite band slash singer is. I love that that's that video bit again that we used to talk about. Yeah. We really did use video culturally like that. So there, so, so I mean, this was always market research, mm. but now they're moving on to another level of market research, which is this comic's been around a while. Who are we selling to these days? Are we just selling to younger new readers, or are we mainly selling to older collectors? They want to find out. Mm. And then the uh, the Sega systems are still there, but now they've added 32X and uh, uh, MM. Uh, MM. Multi Mega? They put the Multi Mega on the data strip. Whoa! <laughs> and the Saturn is 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 there yes. as well. And the game into strip and the this issue's mega hits is there. Do you notice what is not there is your name and age? They don't care anymore. <laughs> they don't want to know your name and age anymore. They just oh. want to know how long you've been reading and Gosh, what singers and know, films you like. <laughs> well, then I take it back. I thought that they were trying to find out the age, and I just realised, yeah, you could just ask. I wonder if it's an <laughs> oversight. You know, maybe they'll tweak it in later issues we'll see again. But yeah, even the data strip got a little bit of a makeover. So that does bring us to the end of the issue. So, Johnny, uh, how have you enjoyed it? I'll be honest, I can't keep my eyes off this, this I'll be honest, horrible image. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> of just sweaty bull man. Yeah, the art for the next issue teaser is... Oh, God, what's his name? Well, okay, let's talk about what's coming up next issue first, then. Okay. Yes, because next issue, first of all, it's free STC transfers is the top line. Yeah. But then, yes, what is his name? Bert. Bert. Yes. It's Bert from, from Cam and Bert. Cam and Bert, they're, of course. They're, they're back next issue. Whoopee! Yay! Well, no, no, it's okay. They're not. Look, it's just a pin-up. I'm afraid not, Dave. Yes, it does here say double-page oh. barf pin-up. Double-page and, barf and that pin-up. Is, this is a preview of that. Oh, I can't wait for a double-page barf pin-up. <laughs> <laughs> But no, 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 no. The other features here, uh, Double Sonic, the Brotherhood of Metallics, get hype. Yeah. I told you, next issue. Yep, yep, and then yep. below that, it's The Seven Badniks, but The Seven Badniks is a Sonic's World barf story, I'm afraid. Uh, Sorry. Uh, 
Okay. Oh, and Trog's back. Yeah, because uh, the double act is Knuckles and Tails team up in The Revenge of Trog. All right. I swear I completely forgot that's what... I just remembered they teamed up. I didn't remember it was a Trog thing. And I'm remembering... Mm. And that sort of toppled a chain of dominoes in my brain. Because I remember saying, literally years ago now, that, oh gosh, isn't it a shame that that Dark One stuff from Trog and the Enchanter King just never ever came up again. Well, the dominoes are toppling, and I think I was wrong. Um, so, yeah. Okay. STC 59. Oh, we'll I'll be interested in that, because Trog's just a fox now, isn't he? Uh, uh, yeah, he was... Uh, uh, oh, God, yeah, he did. He got fox. No, no, he wasn't. No, wasn't no, no, he? no, he wasn't. They just... Wasn't he? They revealed that. That was his true form. That's what he had once been. Then he was transformed uh, and revealed, this is me, really. Yeah. But then he turned back into Trog, uh, and then there was that anticlimax, wherever the portal just opened, and they hopped through it, and that was it. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh. STC 59. God, we're nearly at 60 it's wicked on sale saturday the 19th of august 95 pound 20 and that does bring us to the end so yep. johnny do tell how have you found it oh, i loved it loved it great <laughs> issue very happy to discover that kid chameleon is actually good even if they got the colors wrong <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hits a lot of hits in this one uh i'll, I'll be honest like the sparkster one when i read it i was like Oh, okay. But like talking it, it's one of those ones that talking it through, I was like, oh no, actually, actually yeah. this is pretty good. <laughs> I feel know? like that has definitely happened more than once on here, where yeah. Dave or I is not so meh about something, and then we bounce it back and forth a bit, and then we're like, <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, it tends to be the last strips. Like, the last strips does, in the yeah. comics often are the ones where, like, I read it through, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'll listen to you two talk about it, and I'm like, yeah, actually, no, okay. Okay, it's, it's, it's no, pretty good. I completely understand what you mean. I think we're just tired of reading by that point <laughs> or something. Well, no, it's that we know that all the really... Because there's never a time when this Brotherhood of Metallics... That's never going to be the last no. thing in the comic, is there? Yeah. So never will they end with their best thing. So you always know it's like, and this, let's just get through this. I don't know, man. I remember some of the Project Brutus strips were on as the last strip in the comic, and that's some severe stuff. Okay. We'll see. (laughs) But maybe that just means the issues are so jammed with quality (laughs) that (laughs) it spills over into the last strip almost in spite of itself. Yeah. (laughs) Well, when you're looking for any of those future issues, you'll be able to find them anywhere good podcasts are available, but also you can download them directly from our website at stctp.wigglehe.com. Yes, and we'll tell you about them on our Twitter as well. We are at Sonic Podcast, but you can follow us separately. I'm Demon Tomato Dave. And I am at Chris McFeely. And Johnny, tell the listeners who you've been and where they can find you and your things. I've been Johnny Sims. I'm the writer for The Magnus Archives, a horror fiction audio drama, which has recently come to the end of its uh, 200 episode run. You can find me at Johnny Waistcoat on Twitter. I stream on Twitch at Johnny Waistcoat and do games design with MacGuffin and Company. So you can find me any of those places. Have you streamed Kid Chameleon? <laughs> I have not, no. Oh, well, that's next on the list then. Will oh. you stream Kid Chameleon? <laughs> oh, oh, that's, mm, mm. <laughs> he doesn't have his brother to do that one level for yeah, him. No, I don't, bloody yeah. swamp. I don't know. True, I do you wouldn't be able to get through it, yeah. It. Uh, I might look into it, actually. It's not a bad shout. That's what you can do when you're allowed to visit your family again. Everybody get to do a big family stream of Kid Chameleon. Thoughts? <laughs> Thank you so much for letting me come on and just rant about Kid Chameleon. Thank you for coming on. It's been great. Yeah. If, like Johnny, you've enjoyed what you've heard today, you can support the show on patreon.com slash stctp, where you'll be able to get bonus videos of us looking at the Martin Adams Sonic novels and me 
experiencing Dave's teenage fanfiction. Yes, I read it all to Chris. It's like an audiobook, but with interruptions from someone who's hating the book. And this episode, we went off on one with Johnny so much that there are like 17 minutes of deleted scenes about Pop-Tarts and American food and the good old days of DVD extras. So that'll be on the Patreon too. The proceeds from which keep us afloat and allow us to pay our editor, Sam, whose work you will find at samgabrielvo.com. Our opening theme tune was Synchronize by Sonic the Comic the Band, whose work you can find at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. But we have been Sonic the Comic the Podcast, and we will see you next time! Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon. Uh, oh, wait, hang on. Yes, no, Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon. Quiet, Teddy, it's a secret.